Welcome to Pixels and Pints Podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And we're two dudes talking about video games while drinking pints. What you got today, man? I'm 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 uh, sipping on Dr. Pepper Cream Soda Zero Sugar. I Ooh. I took I took your cue from the uh from the diet from the what was it the diet cherry coke or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the diet cherry had coke last I had week? last week, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why we're actually recording this late. Uh I made the excuse to go pick up some some Dr. Pepper cream soda. Hell not yeah. sponsored. Zero sugar. Uh, so I could drink it on uh, on the pod today. That is my pint for this week. Nice. I'm drinking, well, I put it here, I, I'm just drinking water, but I'm actually drinking some electrolytes in my water. Uh, Hell yeah. Gotta stay fucking hydrated. Uh, and I've been hitting the gym way too fucking hard to drink booze right now. I don't think I've had a beer uh, in a couple weeks now, which is fucking wild. That is wild. Yeah. yeah. Shit. It feels kind of, feels kind of good, uh, to get it out of my system, a little bit. Um, that being said, I'm really looking forward to September when I, uh, October, November, uh, November. I'm yeah. looking forward to next September where I drink again. <laughs> I'll probably have some beers probably in a couple weeks, but right, you haven't had you haven't had a beer in two weeks, and you're already forgetting what month it is. You're going backwards in time. Usually, beer makes you go travel forward. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, I'm I'm a I'm an old soul, so I want to get back to my roots. I think. All right, there's no good segue for this. So why don't you go ahead and roll the logo, and okay. uh, I'll talk about it. So, uh, so you told me before we started recording that because of my shaved head, I wouldn't have to worry about cleaning cum off of it, which is <laughs> which is true, which true. is true. We were having we were having a very a very weird conversation before we came on. And um, I was obviously talking about uh, Tom Segura, his podcast. I forget who he had on. I think it was like this past week. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they were talking about. I think I think one of them was talking about whether or not like how do you know if he's if you're gay or not. And the guy said that he went to like some. Um, I forget the name of the guest. Is a great great comedian. Uh, he said he went to like I think it was some place in Washington State where like there's like a park. That is was known as like a like a, a hangout for for homosexuals, right? And so okay. you could go there, and I guess I don't know, like you get laid or whatever. And uh, I think he asked Tom. He's like, uh, he's like, I don't know, like, I like how how would you know? He's like, I don't know. I'd probably have to suck like five or six dicks or something like that. <laughs> Anyways, I bring that all up, okay, to say that uh, when I got my head shaved, uh, was it past week? Whenever, whenever that uh, the uh, the brewery event that we were at, I think it was last oh. week. Oh God, I have had dr- drinks. That was was that last oh, week? You were a liar. I don't remember. I don't Fuck. remember if it was last weekend or not. I what? think it was last weekend. I think it was. Yeah. Jesus Christ, last this week. week has been wild fast. Uh, but either way, yeah. um, when she sh- when she shaved my head, mm-hmm. she's like, "Do you want me to do the eyebrows too?" And I was like. Bitch, what? I was like, huh? It's like, what about my eyebrows, bitch? And I've been self-conscious about it ever since. Do people shave their fucking eyebrows off? I don't or know. She just want to, or does she just want to line them up? I don't know. Maybe she was just, she was talking shit. Yeah, I, I, maybe. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. And I've been, I've been contemplating ever since. I had uh, a hairstylist line up my eyebrows one time without asking. 
I was getting uh, a fade and mm-hmm. she, she lined me up also didn't fucking ask for it because I don't, I, I like my hairline. It's already receding rapidly. And it was like that in my twenties. Um, so, I mean, dude, I caught myself in a, in a, uh, a zoom meeting the other day on the big screen. And I was like, Oh my God, I got a fucking, uh, monster fucking five head. You know, the fucking guy, (laughs) (laughs) the fucking Frankenstein dude. Yeah. I was like, Holy shit, dude. I got a fucking 18 head or some shit going on now. Um, I may just have to shave my fucking head. Just give this shit up. But she lined me up and then she started lining my eyebrows. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like cleaning your eyebrows up. And I was like, bitch, I barely got eyebrows. Like, Oh no. Leave me the fuck alone. Like, I just came in for a fade. So I think, I think some people just, uh, I don't know. Some of those hairstylists have their own agenda. And honestly, like if I was to think about it, if I, if I was going to have to clean come out of anything, it'd probably be my eyebrows. Yeah, for sure. Because I've, I've been super self-conscious about it since. Yeah. So rip my eyebrows. Yeah. You could catch it in your nose too. I've seen that a lot. Oh God. I gotta, I gotta work on the nose hair too. Fuck. Yeah. Janet just got me a nose hair trimmer. The other day. I was like, damn, that's how you know somebody loves you. <laughs> it's like, you gotta, you gotta clean your fucking nose hair. You dirty like, bitch. You got a spider hanging out your fucking nose. <laughs> there you go. Every time you talk, it just, it, it twitches. It twitches when you breathe out your nose. It's like, I'm tired <laughs> of staring at it. <laughs> you look disgusting. Clean yourself. Um, good times. Bitch. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So last week has been, it's been kind of crazy. It's been kind of crazy, I, especially for me. I've been doing a lot of hunting. I've been doing a lot of hunting. I went, uh, I went beer hunting. Uh, oh yeah, me too. This past week on Monday, I I went to uh, our local brewery, St. Arnold's, uh, probably the the most popular local brewery we have here in in Texas, and I picked up picked up some some specialty beers from them. The uh, they have their Pumpkinator uh, Pumpkin Beer series, their uh, Imperial Stouts, which were released. I think this past Monday was their official release. The, the 15th is their store release, right? So No, that? they were all, everything was released on Monday. Oh yeah, sure was. Yeah, the 10th. Yeah. Yeah. So I went there, I got some I got some uh I think bourbon uh bourbon barrel aged coffee uh singles from there. Um uh after that I went over to uh Specs, which is a popular Texas uh, uh liquor store excuse me, and um, picked up three cases of Pumpkinator and Lord some more, mercy. I think some more, did I get some more coffee? I think I, no, I think coffee was out. I think I got some, uh, just the regular bourbon barrel age singles from there too. So I think a couple of those boxes are yours. <laughs> yeah. I think one of them is cause like I, I also bought a case and Janet okay. was like, are you doing that? Michael bought us a case that we have to pay him back for. And I was like, then I guess we'll have two cases because I don't, I don't like to drink a lot of beer, but when I do, I want to drink one and I want it to put me to sleep. And that'll do it. <laughs> and that'll, that'll definitely do it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So even so. though we're not drinking pints technically on the pot, I did have, I did have, uh, two beers when I went over to St. Arnold's because right around the time that I went there, it was like lunchtime. So I was just like, ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll stay for lunch. Um, I got to taste their, their, um, bourbon barrel rum. Not a bourbon rum barrel, uh, aged uh, pumpkinator. Uh, that was pretty good. 
And then I got a chance to try out their 2013 Pumpkinator, uh, which I, I think I remember saying to you guys, I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, said I think, you'd rather I think, have the new one. Yeah, the, the um, I, I think just the way that the, it comes out of the uh, the spout uh, there, it, I guess it pumps a little bit of uh, CO2 into it. Yeah, yeah, they're supposed to. To and, keep it pressurized and like. And so I guess it's a, it's a, it's not as mellow as it would be out of a bottle. You know what I mean? Because usually when you have like uh, a, a beer that old, especially a stout, you know, it tends to mellow it out and, you know, it's super drinkable. The, the flavors are just like, you know, they're, they're really bright uh, when you drink it. And I got none of that out of the 2013. Ooh, fuck. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because like the, the carbon uh, dissolves, I think. Uh, or something like that. I, I read something about this not too long ago, but the carbon carbon eventually dissolves, um, yeah, into something else. I'm not a fucking chemist, but uh, w- the more carbon you have in there, obviously, the more uh, efflorescence, fucking bubbly bullshit. And so you, right. you, with the with the extra air in there, pushing shit away from each other, you're gonna miss all those flavors. And in yeah, the- and and that that was one of the reasons why I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah. Um, it was, it was disappointing, but uh, I still drank, and it was it was still kind of delicious. Oh yeah, and uh, we have plenty of beer for for a long while. I think our episode that we do on the thirtieth, um, in two weeks, we should crack mm-hmm. open some pumpkinators. Yeah, that's our spooky yeah, episode. Gotta have like a good. Uh... We can do that shit. All right, agreed. We can do that. All right. You ready to get into it, man? Yeah, let's go. Uh, this is a yeah. fucking wild-looking roundup that you put together this week. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild. I mean, we have some pretty standard stuff, but mm-hmm. a lot of shit popped off today. Today, even, uh, we yeah. got some stuff. And I was glad I was able to kind of squeeze that in. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and start with something that we didn't talk about, um, but we did get a leak. And that is Meta, Facebook, wherever you want to fucking call it. They're actually okay. releasing a new VR headset. They're calling it the MetaQuest Pro. Yay. And I think the there was a there was a leak of the image. I think the box that it comes in, uh, or at least uh, whatever uh, whatever it gets shipped out as. Uh, somebody took a picture of it and they posted online. And so we kind of knew that it was coming, but we didn't hear anything about it. Just knowing that I mean, there's supposed to be an, another Quest headset. Uh, in development. Uh, and it was called previously pre, uh, Project Cambria. And this is Meta's, I guess, entrance into the high-end uh, headset market for VR. And we'll find out why it's high-end in a, a few minutes. It's it's really hard to describe what this is supposed to be. It seems like it's more aimed at the business side of things. But when you look at exactly what's what's inside the internals, uh, you start to realize like it's maybe it's not as, uh, it's not as robust as we think it is. It's using, um, an upgraded Snapdragon, uh, system on a chip, uh, XR2 plus the normal S uh, XR2 is in the MetaQuest 2. So it's a slightly upgraded MetaQuest 2 processor. The only difference really is that because of the additional kind of features that this uh, Pro headset has, 
the Plus processor has better performance for those feature sets. And we'll get into the feature sets in a little bit. Uh, it has double the RAM of a normal Quest 2 headset. This has 12 gigabytes versus the 6 in the Quest 2. Foveated eye rendering. And we talked about this with the PS2 VR headset. So what that means is there are sensors inside the headset that track your eye movement. And oh, what it does, right. yeah, and what it does is it it detects where it needs to put most of the processing power. So kind of like, I guess, the, the way that, I guess, normal vision works is that you kind of focus, you kind of focus in a very specific part of your eye mm -hmm. and on the, kind of like in the, the, the peripheral, the outside, the peripheral. There you go. Thank you for that. Um, it's a little bit more blurry. You know, there's not a lot of detail. And so they are re recreating that in order to save processing power instead of rendering out the entire screen where your eye can't really appreciate the detail. It's focusing that detail in a very specific part. It's actually so that's, really smart because it makes it like more realistic than it probably should be. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it also helps increase performance, which is yeah. something that a lot of these headsets are really can really struggle against. Mm -hmm. And the performance increase, at least from what the engineers are saying is that it's not really, at least in the quest pro headset, it's, it's relatively minor, so this doesn't look like it's going to substantially increase, I guess, performance on this headset in particular, but who knows. Um, they've also in included uh, these touch pro controllers, I think is what they're calling it. Um, I think the, the old controllers had kind of like that, um, that kind of like grip where it would kind of monitor your, like, your finger movements and stuff like that. Um, I think this is using, um, these are more like Joy-Con-ish. Uh, type controllers on this new on this new headset and it's kind of weird and it's one of the reasons why this is more of a um, a business oriented type of headset rather than like something consumer because if you look at the pro controllers they have two thumbsticks you know one on each controller but they split the face buttons across both so you have access to like x and b on the right hand side and like y and a or whatever the fuck uh, on the left controller so Usually, usually, you know, you'll move the, if you're playing like a first person shooter, you know, uh, you move, you move your character around with the, the left joystick, uh, you aim the camera with the right, and then, you know, use the face buttons to, you know, perform actions to the triggers to shoot and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You would but, never let go of your, your directional stick to perform exactly. an action. And so when you look at the controllers, now that you, now that you only have half the face buttons and they're split across both, now... I guess the intention is, is that you should be able to lift your thumb off of the left, uh, you know, controller, which is not something typically used in games. So it kind of sounds like it's not optimized for it. So you, it's like a left click option or something like on a mask, yeah, something some like shit. that. From what they've talked about, uh, there are five external sensors, which they're using for AR. So alternate reality. And that's going to be more useful for, uh, I guess more of the business sense, like if you wanted to um, project a like a three dimensional object in uh, in real spaces, I guess you would call it like, you know, you, the headset would allow you to see through into like, you know, your living room. And yeah. if you're using an app where that says like, oh, you know, I'm shopping for a couch. Let me go ahead and put the couch into my living room to see what it would look like. And so that's basically what those sensors would be used for. It allows for better tracking for objects in real space. The five internal sensors, so I guess 10 new sensors total, 
are for better facial recognition and eye tracking. And when they say facial recognition, specifically like if you're in the their metaverse, mm -hmm. it'll be able to better pick up like um, facial expressions. So it would translate that into your avatar. So, Holy you know, shit. yeah, nah, that's that's kind of like what they're trying to do. Here's here's where here's where shit kind of goes off the rails. Uh, they've rated the battery life one to two hours. This bitch is only going to work for one to two hours. That's pointless. Even even more fucked up. Fifteen hundred dollars is get, the going price for TV. this thing. Just get a good TV yeah. instead. This is this is why, if you look at the actual, I guess, uh, the marketing video that they released, it has nothing really to do with games. And in fact, this new system on a chip, as I said earlier, it doesn't increase real. It doesn't really increase performance for Meta Two. So if you were using the the Meta Quest Two, playing games, this headset isn't really getting. Uh, give you better performance on those games because a lot of the performance on this new chip is essentially focused around using those AR sensors, using those internal sensors in the headset. And that's really what it's focused on. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, I didn't add this in, but so the, I hate talking about it cause it sounds so fucking funny. Um, but one of the, another uh, big talking point is they're using something called pancake lenses on the inside. I think of pancake titties whenever I... Whenever Same, I that's do. exactly what I thought about. <laughs> but the pancake lenses are essentially a really a really thin kind of lens. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at the actual headset itself, it's more of like a goggle type thing. Um, the last... When I looked this up, it seemed it's, it's a prevalent in like photography. So they talk a little bit about pancake lenses when it comes to like attaching lenses to, you know, a camera body and things like that. I'm not exactly too sure, but um, it was a huge talking point. But if if I put it in the dock, I probably would have been thinking about titties all day. Oh, so it's just a short barrel lens. Something uh, like that, because yeah. uh, I, for, I forget there's um there is a there was a term for the type of lenses that most uh, VR headsets were using up until this point. I forget the name of that, but uh, pancake lenses, I guess, is the new hotness. And I guess yeah. it gives it more of like a goggle-ish type of appearance compared to the other lens type, which kind of feels like more of a headset. The one thing I will give Meta is that this does seem like we're moving towards a goggle kind of kind of form factor mm -hmm. rather than like a bulky headset. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, so it seems we'll see. like what pancake lenses, by the way, that's a, uh, it's just the focal length that it controls. So they have like a prime focal length. So like, um, Here's a lens, for instance, it's just sitting on my desk. Show off. So this is a 18 to 55 lens. It's a Nikon. It's a fucking camera lens, whatever, for a DSLR. That gives you a uh, optical zoom here. So instead of having that ability inside of a lens that could move around and do all this other shit, they're just they just have a specific uh, zoom setting on it. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, and that's how they perform in photography. From, from what I'm looking at here. Um, so it just makes it cheaper, probably. Um, and it allows them to do a little bit more stuff with it. So, uh, and that, that's what you have with like prime lenses. Anyways, it's a bunch of nerdy shit um, <laughs> that I've know very little about. Me um, too. And yeah. honestly, 
most people they probably aren't going to care because for fifteen fifteen hundred bucks for something that isn't going to really improve your VR experience, especially if you're a gamer, which is this what this podcast is mostly focused on, you're gonna you're gonna completely ignore this. I could see uh, this being really cool at like a business meeting because it only lasts for an hour or two. A bunch of dudes put it on their head and they get to see their new big um, engineering fucking thing that they're putting on a spaceship or, you know, whatever. And they get to show it off and stuff like that. And that would be super cool. Or like how, where I work at, we build like 3D models of like oil rigs. Mm -hmm. This would be really cool to have our uh, clients walk around in the oil rig because we're already doing that in in presentations but we don't have a virtual reality component of it and so when they these renders that we put together are like i don't know 50 grand or some dumb shit like that maybe even more and it's like our big selling point so i expect (laughs) companies that are they're using this type of technology and like their engineering uh renders and stuff to jump on something like this Fifteen hundred dollars. Clients get to steer around and do some shit, and you know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They're gonna be super into it. It ships October twenty fifth. So if you that's soon. So if you have a if you have a company who would be interested in something like this, then this is probably what you're looking for. Everybody else, you're probably gonna want to skip it. <clears throat> there are they are supposedly working on a MetaQuest three. So if you're looking for something to enhance your game experience, you're probably going to want to wait for that. This is this is definitely not for you. On the heels of that, though, Meta also made some acquisitions. So this is them jumping into jumping into the space a little bit deeper, and this is more centered around the the gaming space. And I don't think it's going to have any effect on the Meta Quest Pro. I think this is this is more moving towards the Quest Three. So they've announced uh, acquisitions of three studios. Uh, one is called Armature Studio. They were the developer for Resident Evil VR, Resident Evil Four VR actually. That was uh, designed for I think the previous headset. So you can probably get it on the MetaQuest Two if you want. The next one is called a company called Camouflage. Uh, they are developers of Iron Man VR, which is the current v- PlayStation 1 VR bundle. If you were going to get in, then comes with the Iron Man VR. I believe that is the exact same Iron Man VR. And also developers of a game called Republic. I've seen, I've seen the Republic name around. I haven't actually played it, though. The last studio that they acquired is a studio called Twisted Pixel. The only thing I think they're known for, or I guess they're best known for, a game called Splosion Man. Hmm. And these seem to be some companies that Meta is going to be using to, I guess, maybe do some more gaming ports to their Quest headsets, uh, allow the the was it the the marketplace or what? However, you purchase uh, VR games uh, using the Quest platform, it's just another excuse to to add more potentially exclusive titles that are only available on Quest. So good for them. Next Seems cool. is. Yeah, it's it's all right. We we need we really do need to wait. Yeah. Got some good stuff though, especially if you have PlayStation Plus. Got some new shit though. Ooh. Quite a quite a big list, honestly. Um PlayStation 
plus extra. They're adding Grand Theft Auto, and I'm trying to remember when this is. I, I want to say this is either today or it's sometime in October. I think it's either either today or the 18th or some shit like that. I'm sure the uh, for the YouTube folks the uh, the date the specific date is going to is going to pop up. But for PlayStation Plus Extra, you guys are getting Grand Theft Auto Vice City, the definitive edition for PS5 and PS4, Dragon Quest 11, Echoes of an Elu- of Elusive Age, Exclusive Age, Elusive Age. Elusive. Definitive edition for the PS4. That is the Switch port to the PS4. Assassin's Creed Odyssey for the PS4. Dragon Quest Builders 1 and 2 for the PS4. Mm. I'm super interested in that. Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 for the PS4. A lot of Dragon Quest stuff. The game Inside from the uh, developers of Limbo. That side-scrolling kind of black and whitish uh, indie game for the PS4. The Medium for PS5. This was the... I think this is like a third-person adventure game that features like dual realities that you can kind of swap between uh, by the Bloober team, the the people who are rumored to be working on Silent Hill stuff, and we'll get to Silent Hill later later in the in the pod. Uh, Naruto to Baruto Shinobi Striker PS4. I believe that is a fighting game. Don't know shit about Naruto. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Chronicles, China, India, and Russia. Don't know why these uh, are called out by uh, by country names. Not sure what that is about, but that's coming for the PS4. Assassin's Creed 3 remastered for the PS4. Assassin's Creed Syndicate for PS4. Hohokam for the PS4. I believe we talked about Hohokam a while back. I think uh, Santa Monica Studios had a hand in it. It's I think it's that weird like snake game, dragon game that you kind of float around and it's... Oh, really like yeah, yeah yeah there's like no real goal to it you just kind of exist and go through like this kind of trippy environment or something like that yeah we had talked about this it kind of reminded me a lot of uh that uh yellow submarine animation so, yeah yeah which was garbage oh my god fuck that fuck that not even the mushrooms could save that bitch i don't know what you're talking about yeah uh, next we have plus <laughs> premium. So for you, for you people who, who are paying a little bit more, uh, I believe these are, are these the classics? I think these are considered the classics. Uh, Yakuza three remastered, Yakuza four remastered, Yakuza five remastered for PS4, Limbo, the other half of the inside, uh, that indie game, black and white, uh, PS4, Ultra Street Fighter four for PS4. Castlevania, Lords of Shadow for PS3, and Everyday Shooter for PS3. And Lord something of Shadow that I didn't was pretty fucking good, by the way. Was it pretty good? I think yeah. I have it, but I haven't played it. Lords of Shadow is those are those are one of the like the the 3D Castlevanias, right? Yeah. So you this will be a little bit spoiler, but you take it, it's back in the past. They rewrite a little bit of the story, actually a lot of bit of the story, um, using a lot of the uh, Castlevania lore. And it's essentially how a Belmont becomes Dracula. Hell yeah. Um, and so you're trying to save everybody, do all this other shit. You're just a total badass. And um, it has... Uh, uh, what is that game where you, fight, uh, where you fucking... Shadow of the Colossus. There's some Shadow of the Colossus types mm. of fights in there. Big bosses that you're climbing all over. There's a lot of like um, puzzles. Um, I don't know. It's a neat game. It's kind of short. There's a lot of really frustrating parts of it, though. 
mm. camera angles kind of suck. But for yeah, free, I haven't. It's not bad. I, yeah, it is free. Well, not necessarily free. As long as you're not paying for the service, you get it for free. That's for sure. It's like, it's not bad. the The lineup that they have for October, Vice City. If you've never played it, just just play the definitive edition. And they they got into Rockstar got into some shit for the the state of the the definitive edition games that they released uh, a while back. But it's it's relatively fine now. So that's good stuff. Like I said, Dragon Quest out the ass. If you're into Assassin's Creed, there's plenty of Assassin's Creed for you. Yakuza, that's like 150 hours right there. If you wanna, if you wanna go through, go through the games. Are they inevitably um, going to change the name of the Yakuza games to all like like a dragon? At some point, they probably will. Um, maybe, maybe at some point it'll get a rebrand. But I, I don't think they're gonna go back and and necessarily change it like to do title screens and things like that. Okay. But at least from this point forward, it does seem that the Yakuza name is dead as far as the as far as the branding is concerned. And Like a Dragon is essentially going to be the uh, the name of the series going forward. Last thing about this is uh, which isn't part of this update, but apparently this was this was uh, specified elsewhere. There was a list of games that actually are going to leave the service. And I think the last ones on this list, and I didn't know that this was a thing, but the last ones on this list that I saw is Red Dead Redemption. So Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare for the PS3, those are actually leaving the service on October 17th. So probably by, by the time that you hear this podcast, watch this podcast, those games are already going to be gone. So you wouldn't have been able to play it. But this uh, this was a, a very small list. I think there was like maybe a... A eight to a dozen titles um, from like June of 2022 up until today where there was titles that were actually going to be leaving the service at some point in time. And I think this is the last bit. Uh, I don't think Sony has announced any intention to take down any titles yet. And it doesn't seem like in any of these updates that they've produced about all of these games that are coming to their service, they haven't specifically listed any ones that are actually leaving. I have a feeling at some point in time we're going to get a similar list, kind of how Xbox does it, where it'll list all the games that are coming, and then it'll also specify games that are potentially leaving the service. Yeah, I think I think a lot of streaming services do this. I mean, like at least for oh, yeah. you know shit like Netflix and stuff like that, you got shit going in and coming out uh, based on the uh, the rights that the company has at the time. So, mm-hmm. so be sure to try these games out. Because they, they're definitely not going to be there forever. Especially since this is a lot of Rockstar stuff. Mm-hmm. I would assume that Grand Theft Auto Vice City is probably not going to be there forever. So if you're looking at some of these games, get Vice City out, I guess, out of your system first. Before it leaves. And definitely play Dragon Quest. If you haven't played it, fucking play it. Yeah, I've heard that's a banger. So good. Obviously, I haven't played it. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a call to us to play that game before it leaves. Yeah. You yeah, showed uh, some, yeah. some other RPGs that you showed this to me. You showed this to me a couple of days ago, I think. Yeah. I completely forgot about this game. Damn, completely really? Forgot. Yeah. I don't think we've heard of. When's the last time we heard of this? When's the last time any any point in the series? Brave, bravely default. Yeah. When's the last time? When's the last time we oh, heard? Oh God, of- it's been like. 
I, I think the last game came out like two years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. This Bravely Default just had its 10-year anniversary, mm-hmm. which is crazy because that's that sounds way too that's way that's way too long. I don't remember it, this game coming out like that late. Yeah, me either. I I picked it up on the 3DS. Uh, just bought the regular copy, I think. Um, yeah, I did. I only bought the regular copy. I remember kicking myself in the fucking dick about it because I loved Bravely Default One. I remember playing it at the old house, so I I know that it's older than seven years. But for it to be ten years old, kind of fucking blew me away. Made me feel yeah. fucking ancient. No shit. Um, They're having a yeah, a ten year anniversary already. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, the the developer is Team Asano. These are these are the same guys who do who do uh, uh, Octopath Traveler. And they've I think the last thing that they touched was uh, Live Alive remake. That's the pedigree that Bravely Default uh, is involved with. And if you haven't played it, you might have some good news. Although I guess we can't really say it's good news just yet, but it's potential good news. So during that 10-year anniversary stream, uh, Team Asano was actually doing some sort of... Uh, uh, I forget what they called it. It was it was something stupid. It was uh, some kind of... They called it like a radio stream or something like that. It's basically a podcast where I think... Uh-huh. Um, I forget, uh, Tomoyo Asano and some people from the dev team basically just got on and they were talking about the 10 year anniversary. And out of all things, they actually played a high resolution of the opening video from the Bravely Default game. So there's like four or five minutes of a high resolution version that you can watch on YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. And it got people wondering, oh, or I guess uh, Tomoyo Asano was kind of wondering out loud uh, about how awesome it is to see this opening movie opening cinematic in high definition and he was also kind of saying like it'd also be kind of cool if there was a remaster but he didn't essentially he didn't announce it he said it'd be cool but I can't announce a remaster just yet which is a weird fucking way of saying saying there may or may not be a remaster you know what I mean I don't even understand why they would work on the intro video of the game. Right. This that puts together the entire story. You're introduced to the fucking fairy. You're introduced to uh the main characters, all four of them. Uh and and the the fidelity of it wasn't just like, oh, we AI upres this. This was a whole fucking new thing. Because this mm-hmm. shit was it was good for the three DS, but by today's standards, it's pretty yeah. fucking hideous. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, people listening, but the 3DS has garbage resolution. If we're talking <laughs> about like that, if we're talking about how the Nintendo Switch has like 720p, yeah, like the 3DS was way worse. And so seeing that opening cinematic on that small screen and that fidelity, especially if you have to fit it into like a fucking 3DS cartridge, yeah, this is much better. It was yeah. way better, way better. Yeah. It looks so good. So good. God damn. I, I feel like they enhanced uh, the main character's uh, butt cheeks a lot. Uh, I don't <laughs> remember her being this stacked. when I, when I it Because it, the camera in the video pans down so you can see her whole dress. And yeah. I was like, oh, they redesigned her dress a little. Oh, my God. what This this kid's got some cheeks on her. Um, Which plays into the story a little bit later in the game, but like. It's funny that they they put 
put that in. Yeah, they, they went all in. They weren't yeah. hiding. They weren't hiding behind it. You can't you can't hide those cheeks. No. You can't hide those cheeks, man. I no. wish I wish we had something better to say about it. It's it's exciting to to think that maybe this is gonna be like a Nintendo Switch remaster that they're gonna announce at some point in time. But the fact that he kind of he kind of honey dicks us and be like, hey, it'd be really cool if there was a remaster, like, ah, ah. maybe. <laughs> He's like, bitch. They announce like, it, I'm buying it. Don't even say anything. Yeah, no, for real. Like, I, I'm exactly the same way. Like, yeah, I'll play it. The, think, <sighs> the game got super shit on, though. Did it? Yes. Uh, so at the at the when you think you've beat the game, you haven't beat the game. You have to replay the game. I think like four more times. Essentially, it's not like a traditional replay, like a new game plus, mm-hmm. but the story repeats, which is the whole point of the fucking characters that you have is the whole point of everything that's going on. And it becomes fucking crazy. Um, and so people are like, Oh my God, I have to do this again. Oh my God, I have to do this again. Cause you constantly, there's four crystals in the game, similar to a final fantasy game. Cause this was a final fantasy game in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, this doesn't make sense for it to be final fantasy. Let's just give it its own thing. And this is where they started their, Bullshit title names like Triangle Strategy and Bravely <laughs> Default and stuff. Um, oh Jesus! So yeah, that when when creating these new, I mean, even Final Fantasy was literally them saying this is our final fucking game, and that's our fantasy to keep <laughs> Square alive. Because uh, if this game fails, oops, I just dropped my shit. Uh, if they said if this game fails, uh, they were going to have to shut down the studio. And Final Fantasy that. did a really good job and kept the studio alive. But they say that every time they release a Final Fantasy game, so who the fuck knows anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it's it sounds like something Square does. The uh the Forsaken Forspoken, sorry. Yeah. The Forspoken game that's coming out, I believe, in January was I think almost in early development, I think it was supposed to be a Final Fantasy game. Because it was it's made by the same team who created Final Fantasy fifteen. So the speculation is that at some point during development, they're just like, uh, I don't know if we can make this a Final Fantasy game. Let's swap it and, and call it a new IP. I wonder, because like if you look at um, Final Fantasy 16, the the Phoenix whatever game that's mm-hmm. coming out, the the combat's pretty fucking similar. And you see the character like zipping around like yeah. they do in Forspoken. Dude, I wonder if it's they developed the engine in that game we're doing a bunch of shit, and they were just like, "This could be its own fucking game." And then they just spun it off and took every all the development pieces and wrapped a Final Fantasy story around it. I mean, p- companies do that all the fucking time, right? Like, yeah, and and that's one of the reasons why I haven't discounted for Spoken. A lot of yeah. people gave it shit because of the uh, just kind of like the uh, was it like fourth wall breaking, like um, voice acting, or I forget what what they I forget who which director. That they that they shit on, are just like, let me get this straight. I'm in this crazy world, and I have a ring that speaks to me, or something like that. You know, oh, like it's yeah, it's like that kind of bullshit. And I like I under- fourth wall breaking stuff. And I yeah, and I kind of understood why people shit on it, um, because it's it's kind of cringe, but at the same time, it's also kind of lazy. True. Yeah. But I kind of have. Have a little bit more faith in Square Enix. Same. I mean, obviously that there's there's a, like you know Babylon's Fall. We don't talk yeah. about Babylon's Fall, but 
I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, faith in their like single player type games. So as much as people thought it was cringe, I'm just like I don't know. Like you see, this bitch is like like doing loop de loops in the air and she's like sliding yeah. around. It's like this looks kind of dope. It does look. You know dope. what I mean? Uh, and 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 in in terms of like like you said, the story, uh, Square typically always sells a good fucking story. Um, it's pretty rare that they put out a game and the story doesn't mean something by the end or at least have something to like tie you in uh, somewhere in the middle to make you just really fucking care. Agreed. Um, so I, I think they'll do a good job. They're going to do a good job. And I think they'll do an even better job if they actually go through with this remake. True. You know what I mean? They, they really need to. And unfortunately, I, I think I only ever I ever played the Bravely Default demo when it was originally released. And it was it was okay. I think uh, after I got through like the first cave or something like that, and I, I think I might have done some because uh, was it class switching? Was that like the Bravely Default thing where you can like switch classes or yeah. character classes so like you, in the middle of battle or some bullshit like that? No. So you you uh, beat people like main main characters in the storyline, and and so they'll be like black mages, thieves, uh, monks, shit like that, and uh, you take their power when you beat them similar Mega Man style. And so you learn how to become them. And so you give your character a class uh, and in the, in a battle you can either brave. So what a brave does is essentially you can brave up to four times. Uh, So that means you get to take four turns in one turn. And so you're, you're taking a gamble here to say, I can do just enough damage in these four turns to kill this motherfucker and just be done with this battle real fucking fast. Or you can default, which is where you, you essentially put up a guard. So you take half damage, but you give yourself two turns on the next turn and you can keep storing those up to four. So when bosses are about to do mega hits, you default. So you block damage. Uh, and then you, you counter essentially on your next turn with two attacks or three attacks or four attacks. Um, there was also the idea, which plays real big into the storyline, of uh, bringing in other companions from your friends list who have played Bravely Default. So oh, as shit. your uh, friends in your friends group uh, play the game and their characters become powerful, you can summon them. Uh, and this Hell game, yeah. this game takes place in a multiverse where there's a giant demon who's consuming the multiverse uh, uh, universes to gain power. So to defeat him, you have to summon other Tigs, other Ring of Bells, other whatever the fucking other two characters are, are called to bring them into the battle and help you fight. Um, the, the, the game was conceptually fucking badass once you figure out what the fuck is going on and why you're able to summon another version of yourself uh, and do all this crazy shit. It just, everything just ties together and it's like, damn, dude, this is fucking wild God. that they brought in the main point of the story into the battle system itself. Fuck. It's it's you a good fucking game. Sold me. You yeah, sold it, me on it. It got super shit on though, uh, which kind of sucks. But it's a I good fucking care. game. It kind of sounds like we are coming towards a remake. So come on, Asano, so. do your do your fucking thing. In fact, do it. after all everything that you said, I'm I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy the fucking special edition. I'm going to find it on eBay. I'm going to get that shit. I'm going to play it. And uh, I don't know, we'll talk about it on a pod or something like that. And I know you love I, talking about shit like this. Because it kind of sounded like a little bit when you started talking about it, almost like near Automata type levels of shit. Like, yes. 
yo, I got to replay this twice. Yeah. Like, and it, it changes just a little bit, like each playthrough, like some sort like some of shit so gets revealed. Start... I don't want to give too much away. All right. Then, we'll keep, we'll leave it there. We'll yeah. leave it there. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need you to, to, uh, I guess, satisfy uh, my curiosity of the game. I'll just have to buy to find out. Right. True. I, I, go, I will go say this, the game. that the game title changes at the end of the game. So when really? you go, yeah, like they went through everything. You go through and do all this shit and you find out what's happening. The The title of the game fucking changes when you come back to the, the, the game screen. Like they, they start to reveal shit through, through other means than just the story. It's fucking wild. God damn it. And people like the fact that people didn't like pick up on it just means mm-hmm. that people were just going it. They're just auto battling and not paying attention to shit and not really caring that it's like, Oh my God, this game's still going like they were just over it. But if you just stick through it just a little bit, the reveal is so fucking good. It's, it's as good as like finding out, you know, uh, what is that fucking movie in my Shyamalan where the homeboy's dead the whole fucking time. And he's just talking to a fucking kid. Yeah. That one, yeah. and uh, if you've never watched, if you never watched that movie, it just got spoiled. Yeah, it's so actually just it's, it's a, like yeah, it's the it's last like Airbender. Years old at this point, yeah, it's, a, it's the last Airbender. Uh, Ang was dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good recovery, good recovery. All yeah. right, fuck man, you want to talk about another uh, remake that might be happening? I hope. I, I hope maybe it's a remake. We don't know. We don't know. Today, yeah. this was dropped. Two fucking day, and I, I made sure to put it in right before we came on yeah. on the air, like we're on the fucking radio. Who the fuck says that? Anyways, Silent Hill. We've been we've been talking about it for so goddamn long. There was rumors about this and that remakes and and short stories and bullshit. We finally got something. Konami finally said fucking anything about Silent Hill. Jesus Christ, Konami. Fuck. But it's about you know time, hey. Dude. It was about a, it's it's spooky season right now. We you know it's we got a, October coming up, middle of October. Well, technically it's gonna be kind of towards the latter half, but today, October sixteenth, Konami's Twitter account posted that they're gonna have something called the Silent Hill transmission. I guess it's some sort of live stream or something like that, where they're gonna give us updates on the Silent Hill series, not specifically maybe a game, but this series. Uh-huh. They're so they're so big about this right now that they changed their header on their Twitter page to just Silent Hill. Like Fuck yeah. They're they're all about it right now. I'll let you guys know right now. I just I my my heart just fucking almost pounded out of my chest and I almost panicked because something I just said triggered I think Siri and I just heard I just heard this voice behind me. Uh-huh. I was just like, "What the fuck? What the, Who fuck? the fuck's in the house?" Yeah, did, did I just rewatch the uh, the first Silent Hill movie oh, uh, the other I day? Love that movie. People hate it. They shit all over it. I like go it's, back and like forth every time term, I watch it. It, it's I I I don't care. I think visually, <laughs> visually, it it pretty much cemented what I thought Silent Hill was. Yeah. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed. I didn't like uh, like Resident, like the first Resident Evil. Like I was kind of okay with the first Resident Evil. It kind of jumped the shark after that. Mm-hmm. 
but I can appreciate that. I, I wish, what's the, what's this asshole's name? Uh, like, Yu Bol, Ui Bol, he did like a whole bunch of really shitty video game remakes like uh, House of the Dead and things like that. <laughs> he was known for like, in like the early 2000s, there was this big trend of this shitty director making these shitty video game movies for some reason, you know? But I was I was I was okay with it, and I'm okay with Silent Hill. I'm okay with Silent Hill. I don't take that away from me. I don't. I don't think I've ever watched the House of the Dead movie. Oh man, uh, in I don't my even youth, know that I knew this was a fucking movie, dude. Oh yeah, in my youth, I I smoked a lot of weed, and I okay. went to see a lot of shitty movies, and House of the Dead was one of them. There, I think it's House of the Dead. I think he did a he's done a couple of adaptations of of movies, but I want to say that House of the Dead was the one that had. I don't, I don't know if you've if you've ever remembered like there's like in the early 3D games, there was sometimes like if you were to die, sometimes what happened is like the uh, the camera would pull out and you would see your character model and the camera would spin around your character model while you like exploded into Gibbs or something like that. Yeah. He actually filmed something similar to that no. in one of the movies. I think it, and I think it was House of the Dead. It was like a death scene where they he recreated that kind of shit on film. This... He got a crew together. He got people in a union to come film this shit. Somebody bankrolled that bullshit, and I went to see it, and I I kind of enjoyed it. Man, you know. it this movie <laughs> on IMDb has one star. Still too much. <laughs> Thirty-seven thousand votes. It has a three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know that I've ever seen a movie that is this. Just fucking hated by the community. This is bananas. Yeah, it's yeah, it is this movie. garbage. One of the reviewers from October 9th, two thousand eleven, says, "Stop spinning the fucking camera." <laughs> Uwu, I knew it. Uwu, I fucking knew it. His name is. Yeah. Oh, from man. from one of the most untalented directors of our time comes the worst horror film I've ever seen: House of the Dead. Two thousand three. I wasted my money. I spent money that I'll never get back in 2003. I, I, could I probably could have bought a, like a Jumbo Jack. A couple of Jumbo Jacks. I could have yeah. got, got a number one from Jack in the Box. God damn, my dude. Uh, I wasted it on this movie. I haven't had Jack in the Box in so long. I love a fucking, the ultimate cheeseburger, dude. God damn right. <laughs> I get sick every time I eat that shit, though. Um, That's all right. People are still it's, reviewing this movie in 2019. It's It's a meme at this point. It's a meme at this point. This is wild. Mm-hmm. All right. That said, let's we're, we'll go ahead and bring it back to Silent yeah. Hill because <laughs> we don't need to talk about some shitty, some shitty game, uh, game adaptations from a shitty director. Yeah. Um, I still like Silent Hill. Go fuck yourself. The movie. Um, Wednesday, October nineteenth, twenty twenty-two. So this Wednesday, three days from now, probably a couple of days after you get this podcast. That's when the the live stream. So that's where we're going to find out what the fuck's going on. The only thing that we know so far is that 
Masahiro Ito is the uh, he's a video game artist. He's done work for Team Silent. Not too sure exactly what he does. Maybe like um, maybe he designs characters and things like that. Maybe he's designed Pyramid Head. Not exactly too sure. But he did retweet the announcement. So we're kind of thinking that maybe he has some involvement in this. Maybe they are remastering Silent Hill 2. Mm -hmm. And so maybe he had a hand in maybe redesigning some of the characters or anything like that. I don't know. Or maybe he's designing some new characters for some of the side stories. If you guys remember from maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, Silent Hill, the short message, was actually rated in Korea. And we have no fucking idea what that is. Hopefully that's this. It could be this. It could be that they're going to tell us about all of the stuff going on in Silent Hill, remakes, all of these side projects and things going on. And by the way, guys, we have something called the short message. We're dropping that in a couple of days. It's kind of maybe a teaser, a demo, or maybe just like a, an introduction to some of the things that we're going to be doing going forward. And here's your first taste. I can't you know what I, wait. You know what I think What's this up? is? I'm going to be devil's advocate here. And, Fuck uh, you, say man. Don't, don't do this. I, I think this is a mobile game like Final, Final Fantasy Brave Xevious where you live through story moments uh, <laughs> uh, from the different Silent Hill games. Um, and, and this will build upon the next Silent Hill game uh, eight years from now. I <laughs> I think this I is their you, play at trying to I recoup some money so I they can make so much Silent Hill that. the movie three. Um, I did. <laughs> you mentioned God Pyramid Head, and I watched some lore about Pyramid Head the other day, which made me watch the Silent Hill movie uh, again. I think it's like my eighth watch of this movie. And um, I found out that Pyramid Head was created as the id uh, of the main character. So as he is pulled into the darkness of Silent Hill, uh, this is a representation of him and his guilt and all this other stuff. It's designed off of some uh, some cult thing. Um, This dude in this white coat with a giant red hood and all this other shit. And uh, when the pyramid head stabs itself later on in the game is a representation of his id and his ego dying. So he has an ego death inside of Silent Hill. Um, Jesus. And pyramid head was not supposed to make it back into the next games, but it was such a devastatingly impactful monster in the game that uh, the publishing company said, we don't give a shit about your creative endeavor for this game. There is there the, uh, nothing else carries over from Silent Hill to Silent Hill. This monster has to this has to be the thing, and so they kept it's changing super, it. It's iconic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Uh, everybody recognizes Pyramid Head. He's fucking creepy. Uh, I'm in the movie. He's fucking wild when he stabs his fucking sword through the 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 door that the girls are hiding behind, and he's swinging it around, and they're like ducking and screaming and shit. And you get to see how big the sword is and you get to see how lumbering and just fucking big of a character he is. It's kind of uh, intimidating. Hell yeah. Um, but it sucks that like that character specifically um, just got reused and the artistic thought process behind it kind of got stripped away and now it's just a, a fucking monster that lives there. But um, I get you. Yeah. They, no, they I, even changed. 
they changed um, the design a little bit too. And then after I want to say this, and then we'll move on. So the uh, one of the later games, there's like some mass of flesh and stuff coming out from underneath it, the pyramid, because you get to mm-hmm. see it from below just a little bit. That was not intended either. The original design, when they talked to the artist um, to put it all together, they're like, what's underneath the pyramid? He's like, just a head. It's literally just a fucking head. It's just a dude's head. Uh, So later on, they just kept like fucking crazy going bananas. Like, how does this pyramid stick up there? Does does he have like a helmet thing that like holds it on? And so then they were just like, you know what? It's just an amalgamation of flesh that's just stuck up in there. And that's just holding that bitch on. Um, Anyways. I mean, it was slightly underwhelming. It's just a head, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, just a fucking head, dude. There's nothing. It's just a cool ass helmet, man. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Fuck. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, can't wait. A couple more days, we're gonna find out, and we'll we'll talk about it after yeah. after the reveal. Now we get to move on to our elves, which fucking stacked up this week. These fucking are stacked up. Devastating. It can be devastating. Um, this next one again dropped. I think this one dropped. Today? Uh, earlier today as well yeah but i guess i guess we'll go through it g4 tv is dead it's fucking gone the tv Rip network Bozo. is no more it has ceased to be it's expired and gone to meet its maker this is a late tv network it's a stiff bereft of life it rests in peace if they hadn't nailed this goddamn thing to the YouTube channel, it'd be pushing up daisies. It's rung down the curtain and joined the choir invisible. This is an X TV network. And for the love of God, for the love of God, if you, if you understood this reference, please, please like the video. Please subscribe (laughs) to us. Ring the fucking bell for the glove of Christ. Leave a comment. Leave a comment informing everybody else who has no idea what the fuck I just talked about. Let them know. Let them know what it was about. If you're listening to this uh, on Apple or Spotify podcast platforms, go ahead and subscribe to our channel too. Give us five stars and leave a comment letting letting everybody know how smart you are and how how great your taste is for understanding the reference I just made. But yes, we had all of these fucking layoffs from G4 TV, well, like a month ago or something like that. And apparently, this is officially the death knell for for G4 TV. Today, I don't know where this came from, but Dave Scott, who is the chairman and CEO of Comcast uh, Spectacor, released a memo, which is a fucking... Ah, I saw what you put in there, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> the they he uh so Dave Scott released a memo which kind of sounds shitty on a Sunday if this yeah. was like released out to employees, but he basically released a memo was like, hey guys, uh, that's it. HR is going to be talking to you about what the next steps are. So they're basically just cutting it off from its knees. They're laying the 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 what was the bleeding and uh, you know just on life support corpse. That was G4 TV after those recent layoffs, and they fucking just pulled the plug. Damn. Gone. Gone. 
This is wild because they, I mean, they just got so many fucking Twitch streamers and YouTubers like involved in mm-hmm. G4. Uh, people were coming in like the completionist and like running their own like shows on there. That's right. Yeah. Um, so all these people were like hyping up G4 and like they were getting a lot of fucking views. Adam Sussler is doing a lot of shit. Yeah. It, it's fucking wild. Honestly, until, until today, I did not even know there was a TV channel for this again. Yeah. This I was thought this was just a TV. YouTube thing. I The only reason I know this is because I I follow, I don't follow, but I, I subscribe to Scott the Waz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott the Waz is a, a YouTuber who blew the fuck up, I think, around the pandemic time. Yep. And he essentially just, you know, he's a, he's a really big, like, YouTuber who does, like, skits and shit like that. And he loves hey, talking about, Scott here. Uh, yeah, hey, y'all, Scott here. Just like <laughs> you, you're, you expect it. Yeah. Um, but he's been he's been doing some big shit. He actually what he did is, uh, and if you follow his his YouTube channel, he actually showed off uh, his pitch to I think this network, the G4 TV network, to mm-hmm. uh, run like uh, condensed versions of Scott the Waz uh, YouTube episodes in kind of like an episodic format, and. Uh, yeah, so Scott, he's got his bag, so I'm not worried about him. But uh, it was interesting to to see that you know they were trying to do as you said they were they were pulling in all of these these creators creatives to produce content for this network. Yeah, and even getting you know uh, as popular as Scott the Waz is, how many subscribers he has, and actually putting like his YouTube content on the network seemed like yo like they're trying to legitimize like what a lot of these YouTubers are trying to do and they're actually turning it into a real network and showcasing it so that other people can, you know, watch and and enjoy without having to, I guess, get funneled through the YouTube bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it and it it gives them a way to uh for these other creators like Scott and the completionists to do something that their channel doesn't expect on a network that's paying them to to express themselves creatively. Right. So they get to break the mold of what their viewers are already seeing, or they get to, you know, continue with it and, and, but, but do something that's outside of their channels, uh, livelihood because it, in, in the YouTube world, if you put something out that you're just like, Oh, this is going to be creative and fun or whatever. Um, you can fuck yourself all the way up and just lose hella subscribers, completely drop off the fucking radar of people. Um, so this, this gives them the, the way to, uh, I don't know, take risks, uh, at someone else's expense. And I, I think that's kind of fucking cool. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was just a, a genius way to kind of experiment mm-hmm. with, with a lot of these people who, who make these, these specific videos and just content. And it's really easy to, I guess, I don't want to say it's easy, but to transform what you're doing into like a network, a network uh, kind of setting, mm-hmm. and uh, structuring your content around that because that that almost kind of legitimizes what you're doing, you know. There's a lot of a lot of um, feelings, I guess it would say, just like I'm a I'm a content creator. You know what I mean? <laughs> what the fuck you is know? content? Yeah, it's just like get a real job. It's just like oh, I mean, I had a you know a 22 minute. Uh, I have a 22 minute episodic content that's on an actual TV network with sponsors and all kinds of shit. 
Like that's super legitimate to say that you yeah. had like a 30 minute time slot yeah. on this TV network. You know what I mean? And that was, it was interesting to see like having where people moved away from traditional media to go to YouTube and then kind of bringing it full circle to have this, this new content and bringing it back to traditional media. But apparently it just didn't work out. And uh, I want to say that in the, in the memo, he essentially said that they had dismal viewership. So as, as exciting as it was, and I think maybe their YouTube channel, which I think presented like clips and, and bits and pieces from the actual network itself, probably did better than the actual network. Probably. Which is, yeah, which is why it's being, it's, uh, it's getting its plug pulled. Unfortunately, it, it just seems weird. All of the criticism I've seen behind it is like, why would you put this? Take a step back. G4 TV back in the day was how we got our gaming news in a world that didn't have access to really good gaming networks online. You had a couple Agreed. magazines, uh, you know, PlayStation magazine, all this other shit that would come out Nintendo power. And mm-hmm. that's how you would get some news. But if you wanted like quick news, up to date shit, G4 TV, Adam Sessler, that whole fucking crew. When that show came on, you were fucking glued. I know I'm, right. I tried to never fucking miss an episode because it's like Me how you got to fucking know about shit and you got to see like real fucking reviews. This is what set the precedent for like a YouTube, YouTube game review content. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in a format that was fun to watch with people who had uh good, uh, energy and and they got along together and like i don't know you got to actually see the fucking game in motion versus like seeing it in a fucking magazine and just like flat like you know like two inch fucking pictures and shit where they're taking screenshots from a you know a 240p game right yeah Um, and when this was coming out the the idea of youtube was either in its infancy or it wasn't even it didn't even exist at that point so there was no there was no place like you could probably find maybe some some journal like um like I think Kotaku's been around for a while, but yeah, maybe that's basically what it was. So you had you had these kind of blogs, websites dedicated to video game news, and you might get a picture or two. Yeah, you know. But you didn't and get this was gameplay. The first, yeah, this was the first time where you actually had real live people talking about video games, and you know they wrapped it up into you know, content that they put the content in the format out to something that really spoke to the generation that played around that time. Yeah. And then, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. But what they tried to do is recreate that energy in a world where you have access to infinite fucking news. Right. And so if you're Mm -hmm. listening to us, thank you for choosing us in that infinite news landscape. But, uh, G4 TV was locked behind, uh, television subscriptions when they should have just put the shit on YouTube and then maybe, I don't know, had like a premium setting. So, cause you can have a YouTube, you can subscribe to YouTube and then you can also do the uh, support thing where you give them like four ninety nine or whatever to a channel. And a lot of channels that I've seen a lot content behind that paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could have just done that. Hey, subscribe to us. Give us five bucks. Motherfuckers would have done that. And that would have funded everything that they needed to do. But these guys that run companies like this and run networks and stuff, they're so fucking old school. This, this motherfucker, the the chairman, Dave Scott, probably couldn't grasp the idea 
of where people are actually watching this stuff, which is Twitch and YouTube? I think what happened in reminder that this, this, this network, this G4 TV has been around for less than a year. In fact, I think if this is the official, just like dead, dead date of today, October 16th, 2022, that's less than a year. The, the, uh, the original network I think was launched, uh, I think November. So it was like early November, mid November of 2021. So just less than a year. Yeah, and I think from what I remember reading is, and I, I even kind of remember when this this whole this whole idea, this kooky crazy idea, uh, was actually happening was that they they brought up, you know, G four TV and how it, you know the kind of like nostalgia, and I guess all of the positive feedback from people remembering uh, the old TV network, um, kind of got you know. I guess Dave Scott got a wild hair up his ass and just like, ah, people will subscribe or something like that. Like, ah, look at all the likes we got. That's what happens when you, when you listen to people online. Yeah. When you, when you mistake engagement for people actually wanting to open their wallet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, th- I think people were very specifically looking for this to come back in a free format, Deliver mm-hmm. news yeah. and be sponsored by something else other than viewership wallets. Um, again, in a in a landscape where most people get their gaming news for free. Yeah, and I think it could have worked. Well, I mean, like, uh, was it Adam Sessler? He's been, I, I, I kind of I followed him here and there, uh, just to see what he's been up to. Yeah, and he kind of he kind of still stays around that wheelhouse. And I guess it was just kind of cool to see him back back yeah. on, you yeah, know, doing his thing. Again, and looking the same, um, just a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, he's still yeah, got that fucking wild '90s hair. He's yeah, he's always looked like that. Yeah, what a cool fucking but, guy, though. Yeah, he seems like he's super cool. Yeah. Uh, Three days. Uh, from I now, hope I'm sure there'll be some allegations about some bullshit. Uh, don't don't put that into the into the ether, man. <laughs> let's Everybody just say I like it's ruined. Yeah, let's just say uh, he's gonna he's obviously gonna land on his feet. I'll I'll try to see what he's gonna do next yeah. going forward and uh we're gonna s- kind of move on um, oh no no i remember wait. reading a b- wait what? I, I put a note in here and i want to talk about it no that's what i want to talk about too oh, okay okay cool 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 yeah i remember hearing about this and i completely forgot about it it I is, is it freaked out is it true or is it still just it's a rumor, a rumor. so cartoon okay. network put out a tweet and they were like hey so everybody was posting up oh my god cartoon network is dead and this happened yeah. just two or three days ago and I was like, no fucking way. You know what? Rest in peace. The only thing they've been showing is Teen Titan Go for fucking like 12 years. So, <laughs> uh, right. you know, belly's up to him. Um, and everybody was like, oh, my God, rest in peace to Nami. You know, and everybody's like posting up their shit about like their favorite uh, Cartoon Network moments and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then right on the heels of this, G4 TV is like, yo, we're fucking we're out, too. I was like, damn. damn I don't know if my heart can take this anymore. And then I saw HBO put out a a tweet and was like, hey, if you want to make sure that you still got Cartoon Network, sign up for HBO, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why would they put this ad out? Cartoon Network's fucking dead. And so I looked up their tweet. They're just like, no, man, it's just our 30th anniversary. We've just been around forever. And we were just going to announce something. And people were like, oh, my God, you're dead. So, yeah, I thought I thought I heard something that they had released. Like people from the from the network. Maybe. And that it was being it was being absorbed into like Warner Brothers or whoever the fuck owns it. Because I know you can get 
I guess, traditional like Toonami mm-hmm. Cartoon Network content off of the HBO Max app. Yep. That's usually where I consume like, you know, Rick and Morty and shit like that. Yeah. So I, I kind of assumed like the, all that content was just going to go away or whatever. Um, so is it so it's still just a rumor and like it's not actually happening? Is it? It's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. Fucking uh, hell, dude. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. some good positive news. I yeah. was I was kind of I was upset that Cartoon Network was essentially dead. Just man, I'm never going to try to power up like Goku. I'm not going to try to go Super Saiyan in my living room anymore. Like those memories, man. Fuck. The, the quote from Cartoon Network is just this. Y'all, we're not dead. We're just turning 30. <laughs> for most for most people, for all yeah. these youngins out there, they might as well be dead. They might as well. They're fucking fucking they might as well. Man. That's when your body starts hurting, and that's when the network's yeah. going to start hurting. So. Man, you know what I'm going to do? In in celebration to the, to the I guess, fucking raising of the dead. And wait for that reference. That's going to come up later. Okay, okay, okay. Raising of the dead of the Cartoon Network. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a couple of boxes of like Reese's Puffs cereal. And I'm just going to have a couple of bowls probably smoke a couple of bowls while I watch Dragon Ball <laughs> just in just in oh. celebration to the fact that it's not necessarily dead. It's just old. <laughs> Are you going to watch Dragon Ball Z Kai like the condensed but version? Are you going no. to the old version? The old OG DBZ. I want I want to I want to hear the narrator like talk about like what happened in the previous episode. And stuff like that. And I want to go in and I want to get like three minutes of actual like cell combat and, you know, like 22 minutes of just like bullshit back and forth talking about what they plan on doing, but ain't yeah. going to do shit for like six episodes. That's what I want. I, I'm i going to get myself fat with Reese's Puff on, in, in the yeah. meantime. I I just went by, back and rewatched the episode where uh, Vegeta and Goku fire off their Gallic gun and Kamehameha at each other. Mm-hmm. And where Goku's like, oh my God, this is not working. I need to power up. And then it, it pans out and it goes to uh, King Kai. And he's like, Goku, no. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, Kaioken times four. And he, you know, turns red and she leans back and he can't control the force. And King Kai's in the background going, no, Goku. Then uh, I was like, <laughs> this shit was so fucking hype in the animation God. style. I didn't yeah. like it after I got to the cell saga, but going back and rewatching it, I was like, this is sick as fuck because they toned Goku down. Goku was so fucking thick. Like he was not ripped. He was just a big fucking muscle dude. And I was like, I kind of fucking like this old Goku. Yeah. And now Goku, like in his God form and all this other, the ultra instinct, he's so fucking lean and skinny. Like I'm like, that's cool and all, but I miss this fucking power lifting ass looking Goku. I, I really enjoyed the. I, I don't even know when the when the art the arts the art direction changed. Yeah. But yeah, if you look at like the first couple of episodes of Dragon Ball, like it's it's a uh, the 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 lines of the characters are very rounded. Yeah. You know, and as time went on, like they slowly got sharper and sharper to where this you could chisel. Yeah. You could you could fucking cut diamonds with with his fucking six. Even even you his clothing I mean? has sharp lines. Yeah. And I was like, I I miss the old school look. Yeah. I, I I really hope that they do a release of the original Dragon Ball series. I don't mm-hmm. think they've done like a any kind of 
real re-release like they've done because they've re-released Dragon Ball Z and yeah, like even Super and Kai, they've re-released this on like crazy like collector's edition sets and bullshit like that. I haven't seen anything for the original Dragon Ball. They do have... Because hmm. I remember back in like when Funimation was releasing like uh, VHS tapes of the Dragon Ball. Like they would release it in like three uh, episode blocks yep. and it would be like uncut. So they would edit out the shit for Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. But when you got the the actual uh, VHS, yeah, you, you got know, the it, blood and shit. You got you got you got the blood. You got Goku being a pervert. You got uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the hermit? Master Roshi. Uh, Master Roshi. God Just damn, Master always Roshi. looking at always looking at porn and shit. Yeah, dude was dude was wild. He was they, wild as fuck. They, they brought back his perviness uh, in Dragon Ball Super. He goes up against. He's fighting this fucking chick who uh, uses like witchcraft type of shit and drops a fucking a card on your head with like kanji and stuff yeah. and it, she's able to control you the whole fight master roshi's just trying to tip her over so he can look at her panties god. the entire yeah. fucking fight Classic. he kicks her over she falls back and he goes oh my god your panties they got stripes on them and she's like oh fuck you and she stands up and she like <laughs> hits him with the card and he becomes like a zombie um i was like dog yeah, this shit's wild that is wild Kids don't do this in real life. It's no, do not be a fucking pervert. It yeah. is funny in cartoons. It is funny. You need in to cartoons. treat people of. It was a different time, guys. It, it was. was it, actually, Super was very recent. Um, it was very recent. <laughs> very fucking recent. Um, I would say, uh, in defense of anime and TV, it is fantasy. You need to treat people with respect. Do not be trying to trip young ladies over and look at their panties. It's fucked up. Go to prison. It Go is straight up. to fucking prison. Do not come back out. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't matter what color they are. Doesn't matter if they have stripes or not. Just don't do it. You've, He's talking about specifically stripes. panties. Obviously, yeah. people <laughs> don't have stripes Obviously. on them. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, anyway, he, he plays a lush. He plays a lush. That is yeah. his entire shtick. Yeah. And also, I guess he's good at karate or some shit. I don't know. Anyways, let's move on before we say even more fucked up yeah, things. Yeah, let's get let's not um, get canceled today. Yeah. Nvidia, I actually I picked up I don't think I think I forgot to say this. I while I was picking up beer a couple of days later, I also picked up a 4090. I got a 4090, fellas. And when we talked about the original announcement for the 4090, we also talked about two 4080 cards, mm-hmm. which was kind of weird. Like why the fuck would you release two 4080 cards? And we we looked at what what they were actually releasing for these 4080s, and we noticed that one had 16 gigabytes and the other had 12 gigabytes. We're like, wait a minute, is this just a is this just a RAM difference? Well, fuck, I'm gonna save a you know 100 or 200 or 200 dollars. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the lower end one. I'm gonna get that 12 gigabyte one. But if you really look at the specs, oh shit, they they actually cut a significant amount of CUDA cores, which is yeah where the brunt of the NVIDIA cards get their power from. The more CUDA cores you have, the more processing power rasterization, the better your performance. And I was like, wait a minute. Why the fuck are they calling both of these cards a 4080? Well, Wednesday, when the embargo lifted from reviewers uh, being able to show the frames per second, the, the performance of both of the 4080 cards, they discovered, yo, that 12 gigabyte 4080, it performs 30% worse than the 16 gigabyte one. That's kind of significant. 
Yeah. Why the fuck are you calling it a 4080 and why is it only $200 less than the obviously superior card? And NVIDIA was like, yeah, you're right. We fucked up. We're unlaunching the 12 gigabyte 4080. Unlaunching. They fucking made up a new word that's going to be in Webster's next year. They unlaunched a product, which is crazy because it has. I think the actual word that they should have used is decommissioned or something like that. I think that's what unlaunching is. Well, so here's the thing. We, we actually don't know exactly what's going on. Yeah. All we know is that after the backlash, when reviewers dropped how shitty the performance was, NVIDIA was Mm -hmm. like, oh shit, my bad. Like you guys aren't going to pay. $900 $900 for this piece of shit card? Like, oh, fuck. Ah, you got us. Ah. <laughs> and uh, their, their their little blog post was just like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to release it anymore. Uh, it was supposed to come out in November. We're not doing it. But look how excited everybody was for the 4090. People were like lining around the blocks. Please don't, please don't cancel us. Please don't, please don't ratio us on Twitter. But look how excited people are with the 4090. We're going to get, we're not going to, we're not going to release the card, guys. Like, promise. Like, oh, you got us. Ah. Ah, you got us. That kind of shit. Twirling their little fucking evil mustaches all the way to the fucking That's bank. That's basically what it was. From from what I can tell, and this information is um, from Steve of Gamers Nexus. He he's usually he's usually got contacts, and he he knows a lot of people to to get more information about what's going on. So so what he's saying is that right now, Nvidia is helping people essentially destroy all of the materials that have been already printed. There are boxes for these cards that add and board partners have already gotten back from printers. They're about to construct boxes so they can put these fucking cards in to go out for sale next month. But now that NVIDIA is unlaunching the GPU, people are left with all of these materials for the, for the 12 gigabyte 4080 that is apparently doesn't exist anymore. So now they got to do some shit with all of this stuff. So NVIDIA apparently is helping those those partners recoup the cost of any of the printed materials that they got. But we what we don't know is what exactly they're going to do with this shit. Yeah. They what have, are they going to do with the actual st- components? Yeah. All of this stuff is already ready to go. You know, this stuff is probably sitting on a pallet somewhere waiting to be delivered, distributed to all of these stores, to Best Buy's. Uh, new eggs and shit like that. They're waiting. They're just waiting to be delivered. Do you think they're just going to rebrand it to a 4070? Potentially. That's what the feeling is. It feels like it's going to get rebranded to something else, but we don't know what it is. NVIDIA hasn't, hasn't given us any information. Nobody who has insiders know what the fuck's going to happen. The closest thing they can come up with, the, the speculation is, in January 2023, there's a... Uh, CES, consumer, uh, was it Consumer Electronics Show or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah. The Excuse speculation me. is that NVIDIA is probably going to announce what the fuck these 12 gigabyte cards are going to be. The The feeling is, there's a couple of ways that can go. NVIDIA could attempt to reinforce the $900 price point and just rebrand it the 4070 and go that way. They could lower the price call it like a 4070 super or some shit like that maybe the 4070 is going to be even less performant than this card nobody really knows there's not a whole lot that nvidia can really do to kind of salvage this situation with kind of without looking like a bunch of assholes because if you think about it if they tell their partners like yo this is a 700 hundred dollar card and they're like motherfucker we 
the materials that we purchased, like our margins are already razor thin on shit like this. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't just magically make, you know, 20% of the, of our cost vanish because you said so, you know what I mean? So there's a lot that they have to do. Yeah, this is the, the, this is super the three fun. sentence statement. Yeah, the three sentence statement or whatever the fuck they it was that they put out mm-hmm. really doesn't doesn't tell you what kind of shitstorm is probably going behind the scenes right now with everybody trying to figure out like are, did we just lose money overnight after Nvidia put out a blog post or some shit like what the fuck this is almost like the Stadia situation. Yeah, Google's just like hey we don't exist anymore and everybody's like uh the fuck you don't. Like we got some shit that's about to be released. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Doesn't exist anymore. Like, it's that. It's on that level of shit. It's on that level of shit. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but who knows? We'll see. I got my forty ninety. I'm enjoying myself. Get the sixteen gig forty eighty if that's if that's your thing. Uh, or get a thirty ninety. Ti, I think those are like a thousand dollars, so it's probably a little bit less. I, I think the forty eighty is a, probably similar. Go look at reviews from Gamers Nexus, Jay's Two Cents, or you know some other reputable uh, yeah. place, and take a look at the performance for each of these forty card forty uh, forty eighty sixteen gig and the forty ninety, and check it against the thirty eighty series. The thirty eighties right now are relatively cheap. You know, I mean, not everybody has the the opportunity to drop like a thousand dollars on you know, some shit to give you slightly more frames in your video games on PC. But if you're looking for a new graphics card, take a look at the 4080 uh, 16 gig, the 4090 and compare it to like the 3090 Ti's uh, and the 3080 Ti's. Those are super cheap right now, relatively speaking, and make your decision like that. You don't necessarily need to get it. And if you're happy with what you got right now, you can laugh at everybody else dropping all this crazy money for this shit. Laugh at me, fuck. I got, I got more frames. I'm happy. You got all the frames right now. I got all the frames, man. So I'm, I'm happier than a pig and shit. Is that is that what we say down here in Texas? I think that's what they say. Yeah, I think I think the the saying used to be slop, because pigs really like slop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody started saying shit, and I just never understood that. I was like, or you know, you're grinning like a fucking mule eating briars. Because mules like to eat briars. When they do Never it, heard of that one. it makes their mouth go like this. Um, so I'm opening my mouth <laughs> okay. real fucking weird because yeah. the briars get stuck in their lips. Mm. Um, so it makes it look like they're smiling. Anyways. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Texasisms. Love yep. it. All right. Next one is a little bit unfortunate. Unfortunate. Square Enix is shutting down another game. What the fuck? We we mentioned oh, Babylon's yeah. Fall not too long ago, you know that that game was developed by Platinum Games. It ate a whole bunch of shit, and uh, they've decided to close fucking uh, Babylon's Fall. That it's a live service game. That's gonna be fucking going away. But you know what else is going away? Final Fantasy VII, First Soldier. Uh, I forgot this game existed, so that's probably why it's going away. <laughs> I, I didn't even I, I think I remember I think there's like some some wasted space in my brain mm-hmm. that didn't realize that there was a battle royale Final Fantasy VII game. I just didn't realize it it actually had materialized in some sort of form uh, that I could actually play. They they've been putting out content for it like crazy. They've been putting in like 
new weapons and characters and skins and all kinds of shit. Motherfuckers just don't play this game. It doesn't help that it's a mobile game. Yeah. Which is something I kind of learned at the same time that the service was also shutting down. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to be a a mobile game, but this is like a Fortnite like battle royale type of type of game and I guess I guess you like having kids playing Fortnite on their phones was kind of uh, a thing for a while. I don't know if that shit is is super popular. I mean, I guess it is. I guess they wouldn't put it out on mobile if it wasn't. Yeah. But you know, Square Enix tried to do the same thing. And not going to lie, I, I took a look at some gameplay. Kind of looks like garbage. Kind of looks like garbage. Yeah. The the map and... seemed really fucking barren. It was kind of cool to see some, like, you know, Final Fantasy, like, critters, where you could, like, kill, like, some PvE monsters and shit while you were out doing your thing. That seemed kind of cool, but, oh, man, it, it did not look good. They wanted to compete in a marketplace. Uh, it's a good place to compete in. Like, so first-person shooters, yeah. battle royales and stuff. But they did it with a a title, Final Fantasy, which is a fucking RPG. And most True. people who play Final Fantasy fourteen, so, like, their most... One of the biggest fucking MMOs, if not the biggest right now, that has the most consecutive users. I mean, World of Warcraft is still fucking huge, right? But World of Warcraft and all these other ones are going down constantly right. every fucking day. Final Fantasy maintains, if not gains, player bases every fucking month. Um, and all their other shit is single-player RPGs. It's fucking weird to me that they were like, let's make an FPS game. I mean, it, it's it's obvious that they were trying to, trying to game the system by having the Final Fantasy name as clout. Yeah. But I think you're right. They saw the first soldier just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, it doesn't scream battle royale. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're also, you also kind of lock out uh, any interest if you're not into Final Fantasy. Yep. You're, it's unfortunate, but you're picking a small group of a group of a group. Yeah. And hoping that they t- buy into it and you just fucked yourself. Yeah. I love, I love turn based JRPGs. Now I wish I could play that, but Battle Royale style with those same characters in that universe. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, Fucking weird. Uh, and, I mean, uh, maybe it's because they, they felt like they had success with that uh, that fighting game, Final Fantasy game. The you know, fuck is the it? Dissidia NT? Yeah. Or Dissidia, at least. The Dissidia series. Yeah. Uh, so they, they had some success there, so maybe they were just like, ooh, Final Fantasy... Players will buy whatever. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's the only reason I, I picked up a couple of Dissidia games, mainly because the idea of having like these really high resolution character models yep. in a fighting game, like that just seemed kind of dope. Seemed fucking You know what I mean? I mean, I but bought, I bought Ur guys. Uh, really? Yeah, for, for fucking PS1 back in the day. Uh, remember that fucking game? Because you got to be, you got to play as Cloud or Tifa. And oh, it was an arena right. fighting game. Yeah. Like they put you in a fucking 3D boxing ring or whatever. Oh my god, man! See, so, like the creative, the amount of creative content that came out during that time. Like Square Enix was just like throwing everything out. Like they, they didn't, didn't give a, a shit. Fuck. No, holy shit! Look at them spirits within, baby. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I love spirits within. I have great memories of 
Who's the guy that uh, was a firefighter in 9-11? What's, his, what's the actor's name? Oh, Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. He's in there. He, Is he sounds, fucking really? Yeah, he's, he voices one of the characters in the game. It, it, it was a huge budget. And, like, they didn't just lose their ass on the, on the CGI. They paid out the ass for the amount of actors. I think Alec Baldwin, before oh, he damn. was shooting people on set, I think Alec Baldwin was, was in the movie as a voice. What's, I, what's, I, was, I don't remember shit about uh, Spirits Within, but I do remember I was so hyped about it because I just loved Final Fantasy. I wore a fucking blue suit, a three-piece suit, to go watch Final Fantasy Spirits Within in the theater with my friend Alistair. He also wore a suit. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? We were teenagers. And it's a, that uh, that's also that's also what bothers me about it too. This seemed like a good idea. <laughs> it was, this was a good like idea at the, the time. yeah yeah. This was like the first time that like our favorite thing was a movie, and so we dressed up for it. We got to dress up for this bitch. This yeah, we were event. fucking super weird, man. I'm not I'm not gonna say we weren't weird because we were fucking weird. I mean, I'm still fucking. I fucking weird. I fucking love it though. Yeah. Fucking love it. And I don't remember shit about that movie, dude. So just 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 to remind you. Uh, some Asian chick Ming Na. I have no idea who that is. Uh, it looks like she's top billed for whatever reason. Uh, Alec Baldwin, Steve Buscemi, Donald Sutherland, Ving Rhames, James Woods. Oh, is this Ming Na Win? That's yeah, Ming Na Win. Oh, dude, she's in fucking everything, dude. She's in Boba Fett. She's the fucking Asian. So she Assassin is the Asian. Chick. She is a. She is the. She's an Asian person. She probably plays like Ada Wong in like one of the Resident Evil movies or some shit like that. Dude, she's uh. She's in fucking literally everything. So the token, the token Asian chick is also in in Final Fantasy Spirits Within. It was a oh my bombastic. God. She cast. played Chun Li in the Street Fighter movie. That's right. Oh, I knew I recognized her from somewhere. Just like, oh, fuck, she was Chun-Li. That's goddamn right. God damn, dude. How funny. You could see, yeah, this is why they lost their ass. They paid these actors probably tons of money and all of the CGI just to have it flop. But I still love Spirits Within. It was the first movie that actually talked about Gaia or at least it was the first time I experienced like the idea of what Gaia was and just like the, the whole idea of like, Oh, the earth's dying and stuff like that. And the spirits go back and, you know, after people die, they go back to Gaia and shit like that. I just like, this is fucking interesting. I kind of like this, but everybody Damn. was just like, this movie fucking sucks. And I got sad. And then square had to merge in with Enix. I was like, fuck. I love a movie that basically destroyed a company. Destroyed a company, dude. Bankrupted. <laughs> uh, I'm about to just buy this on Blu-ray. Um, I've bought it multiple times. Have you fucking really? <laughs> yeah, it's... I've bought it. I think I bought a 4K version, and a, I have an original Blu-ray version. I think that, and the crazy thing is, I think the Blu-ray version had there's like a Michael Jackson music video that also uses like the characters from Final Fantasy uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within, and they dance with it. That must have been so expensive. God, I mean, it destroyed a company. <laughs> it destroyed Jesus, a fucking company. They, dude. They, they, they suicide bombed themselves. And just like, Damn, dude. yeah, 
Well, if you guys want to watch it, it's uh, it's less than ten dollars on Blu-ray on Amazon. Oh yeah, it's it's super cheap. It's super cheap. Yeah. Damn. All right. Let's <laughs> all right. Let's get into like the big fucking ale because this oh, one's rough, God. and I think this this, one's gonna this take is a while. rough. I'm I'm kind of interested what what your opinion is. Yeah. I my opinion is probably not very popular. Not very popular. So I'm kind I, of interested. I want to see you. I want to see you go first. Okay. Okay. So let's let's go ahead. Let's get through this first. Okay. All right. The one thing that I'm upset about when it comes to people discussing this mm-hmm. is that they, I think people have just followed a lot of the reaction from other people who have seen this or who yep. maybe they saw their first video and that's what their experience was and they were just like, I don't need to hear anything else. So let's go ahead and let's go through everything that happened because motherfuckers are boycotting Bayonetta 3. And let me tell you why. We have the voice actress for Bayonetta 1 and Bayonetta 2. Her name is Helena Taylor. She broke her NDA for reasons that we're about to talk about. And if you don't know, she is not the voice of Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3. And here's the reason why, according to Helena Taylor. So she put out four videos. The first part, she goes over what she thinks the Bayonetta franchise has earned. She pulls out a number of $450 million is what she thinks the Bayonetta series has earned total before merchandise is what she says before merchandise. After that, she goes on and talks about her training. She has studied voice acting, I believe, in the UK and in Los Angeles. So she spent, I think, something like seven years doing voice acting, uh, coaching in her in her years. And she says that Platinum Games offered her a buyout of $4,000 flat in order to voice Bayonetta for Bayonetta 3. She is obviously upset about this yep. number. And so what she does is she asks people to boycott the game Bayonetta 3 and use the money that you would have used to purchase the game and donate it to charity. She then goes on to say that the offer to pay her $4,000 was legal, but immoral. Legal, but immoral is what she says. The second part of the video, she talks about, well, you know, it's your decision if you want to boycott the game. But if you really care about people, you fucking boycott it. She didn't say fucking boycott it, but she made, she implied that you don't have to. But I mean, if you care about people, like you probably should boycott it. She is saying that this is essentially standing up for people who aren't being paid fairly. And she doesn't necessarily say just for voice acting, but just in general, because, you know, And she loves using this term, fat cats. The fat cats are scooping the cream off the top and leaving the crumbs to everybody else. She then goes on to talk about how in the UK, nurses are actually having to go to food banks to feed their kids because assuming that their pay isn't enough to actually survive off of. And then this is kind of like where I think a brunt of the reason why this video, these series of videos are coming out is her mental health. She says that she's suffered depression 
in anxiety about almost being homeless. She's had suicidal thoughts. And so this kind of broke her, I guess, or at least she's been holding on to this for a while. And so at this point, she feels that she has nothing to lose. And so breaking the NDA essentially means nothing to her because there's nothing for for them to take. And she references Bayonetta as somebody who stands up for what is right. And by boycotting the game, you stand with Bayonetta. That's how she tries to frame it. Third part. She talks about the the audition process that she's required to audition for the for the for the for the role of Bayonetta because the last time we've heard Bayonetta was about seven years ago, I think. A little bit less than that for the Smash, or around around the same time for Smash Brothers, yeah. when Bayonetta was added to Smash. She has some voice uh, some voice lines, I guess, that she was uh, paid for for Smash Brothers. So it's been about seven years, seven, eight years since the last time she's voiced Bayonetta. And so she even says that, hey, you know, sometimes you have to re-audition for these roles because, you know, it's been a long period of time. Sometimes your voice changes. Maybe you don't fit the same character anymore. And so she doesn't seem to have any issue with that. But, you know, she says that she auditioned and she passed with flying colors, but she didn't like their initial offer. We don't know what that initial offer is. She didn't specify. So she got a friend to write Kamiya. Uh, Hideki Kamiya is the vice president, I believe, of Platinum Games. And he has a really, really weird thing with him where he does not like having people talk to him who don't speak Japanese or you know, aren't tweeting at him from a Japanese account. He's known like this is his shtick. Mm-hmm. He's known as being like a brash asshole type of character. And if you tweet at him in English, he's going to block you. Like it's almost a meme at this point by Damn. of being blocked by Hideki Kamiya. In fact, like wonderful one Oh one, there was actually a, a tier that you could purchase to be blocked by him specifically or to be unblocked by Kamiya. That's how, that's how much of a shtick like his Twitter thing is, you know what I mean? People like it for whatever reason. So in order to do this proper, she got a friend to write Kamiya in Japanese to kind of like get more money. And she got a reply saying that, Oh, like, you know, she's done great work and you know, she, he appreciates, you know, her putting herself into the role and to make Bayonetta what it is. And that's when that $4,000, price tag came out and obviously she didn't take it she thought it was an insulting offer and when we started to find out that she would not be voicing Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3 the kind of PR response that we got from Platinum Games is like oh you know we scheduling conflicts you know you know things happen and we we couldn't get it done yeah and she was upset at that which um, I'm trying not to inject too much uh, commentary on it, but uh, that's PR shit. Yeah, right? you know nobody wants to say like she was she was asking for way too much money, or you know the voice actor is going to be like they lowballed me and shit like that. This is just PR speak, HR bullshit, where just like we decided to part ways, and you know we hope the best, blah blah blah. Whatever. She she's kind of upset that she kind of feels like Platinum Games was lying about the reason why she wasn't voicing the character. But in these kind of like legal situations, that's usually what it is. Like nobody disparages one another. We just say like didn't work out and we move on. That's that's how it all usually works. Yeah. The kind of fucked up thing 
is after this, she talks about what she's calling the new girl. And I think she even names her at one point. So the new voice of Bayonetta is somebody called Jennifer Hale. If you don't know her, she is probably best known for voicing Commander Shepard in the Mass Effect game series. Right? Yeah. So to this new girl, she says that she has no rights to the character of Bayonetta. Jennifer Hale has no rights to the character of Bayonetta and that she herself, Helena Taylor, created the voice of Bayonetta. Bitches copying me. Not in those exact words, but implying that, you know, she is imitating Bayonetta. She has no rights to sign merch as Bayonetta. Jennifer Hale should not sign merchandise. If she goes to conventions and you bring up a copy of the game, she has no rights to sign Bayonetta on that cover. She compares it to another voice acting role that she had, uh, where she voiced a character named Serafina in the Golden Compass video game, which was an adaptation of the Golden Compass uh, movie, which uh, had uh, an actress called Eva Green. She was the uh, actress for the Serafina character in the Golden Compass movie. So Helena Taylor is like, hey, you know, like Eva Green was Serafina, even though I voiced her in a video game adaptation. If somebody comes up and wants me to sign merchandise as Serafina, I would never do that because I am not Serafina. Eva Green is. So she's trying to say that, you know, she doesn't feel like she is the actual character, even though she might have voiced him, voiced her once. Okay. In, uh, something else. You know what I mean? That's weird. That's a weird take. Uh, it is. It is kind of a weird take. And I'll let's let's get through the rest because it okay. gets a little it starts. It's, it also gets a little weird. And she also kind of preempts everything, saying that they're probably going to try to create spinoff games with, I think she says Jan, but I, maybe she she's from the UK, so maybe she meant Jen instead of Jan, or implies uh, Jennifer. She called out Jennifer by name. Yeah. If they create spinoff games with this new Bayonetta, you don't buy those either. We thought that was it. And if you're thinking to yourself, Jesus Christ. Well, he shows up too. Part four. She starts off the part four video addressing Kamiya, presidents at Nintendo, and all other fat cats around the world. So she's essentially addressing the elite. And she quotes the greatest moral teacher to ever exist. And who was that person? Jesus Christ. Damn. And she recites... Or at least she uh, gives a brief version of the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. And Lazarus was a beggar who lived outside the house of a rich man and who was hoping for, for fucking scraps of things to eat while the rich man was inside of his house, you know, <laughs> you know, eating whatever and, and, you know, I don't know, laughing at poor people or some shit. And Lazarus was, I guess this character had open sores and even the dogs even the dogs pitied this this Lazarus man enough to lick his wounds. So when Lazarus died, he was taken to heaven into the bosom of Abraham. The rich man, though, he went to hell. And he asked, why? Why, Abraham? Why, God? Why am I not in heaven? <laughs> and he responded with, you had your joy in life. And now you are set in hell for eternity. 
the rich man was like, oh, this is terrible. We need to send a messenger to earth to warn those still alive that they need to repent. The rich people need to repent. But Abraham said, we sent you Moses. We sent the prophets. And the rich man was like, well, why don't you send Lazarus back? If somebody rises up from the dead, they'll listen to that guy. And Abraham responded, if you didn't listen to the prophets, then you're not going to listen to somebody who has been risen from the dead. Mic drop. And that's essentially it. So what are your takes just from hearing? Let's just talk about the videos. We'll talk a little bit about what exactly we know and what exactly we don't know uh, after this. But just based off of if you had just seen these videos, what is your kind of just reaction? My so there's a there's a lot to unpack here. Right. First, first is they offered her a job. They gave her a fair compensation uh, based well, on their well, they gave her a number. If they gave her a number, not. so we'll, we'll talk about the fairness or not uh, yeah. in a little bit. But just if your gut reaction to hearing somebody who is the somebody who you when you hear the voice, you're thinking to yourself bayonetta, and yeah. you see this four thousand dollar number, is your reaction just like, what the That's fuck? Too She's low. the main character. It's too low. That's what yeah, you my, think. Yeah, right? my first thought also, is it's too low. Right. Right. My second thought is this is. I feel like, man, it, it's hard. It's hard. Cause like I come from a different it world, does. right? Um, uh, doing design type of shit and development type of stuff. Sometimes, sometimes you get, you get low balled when you accept a job or when you're applying for jobs and stuff like that. In this case, she was almost guaranteed a role. So she was, she's been the voice for two fucking games plus the smash series Coming back, you expect, oh, this is the big return of Bayonetta. This is the resurrection of this character. Mm -hmm. She's probably going to get not only the job, but she's probably going to get a fat fucking paycheck. Right. She didn't get either of those. I feel she like didn't. something happened, and this is what I've read online, is something probably happened behind the scenes where they were just like, we're not allowed to tell you that you we don't want you for the role, so we're going to lowball you in hopes to... uh make you just go away. Right. Which is what I think happened. Uh, because it's what people normally do. They, they try to lowball you so that you just say fucking no, they set a price point. So the entry, uh, is not acceptable for you. And, uh, the second part of what I feel about this is that she talks about her depression, the, the fear of homelessness and all this other stuff. These are things that everybody's been dealing with over the past two plus years, definitely specifically with the pandemic and the, the housing crisis yeah. and inflation and everything else. The big work reform that's happening across the world where people are asking for more money because companies, uh, although they're saying that they're losing money are reporting the craziest fucking profits in history uh, yeah. and CEOs and everybody in the top, like she's talking about with these fat cats. And we've talked about this before. Motherfuckers are getting rich as shit. We have yeah. more billionaires in the world now. Obviously, this is always going to change, right? More and more people are going to become billionaires. But, like, the number of billionaires is fucking frightening um, because people just amass so much money and so much wealth on the backs of people like her 
and they say, Hey, well, this is what we've always paid you, you know, $20 an hour. And you're going to, you know, cut a hundred fucking hours of voice acting. So this is what you get paid. That seems kind of fucking ridiculous in a, in a, a marketplace where she's claiming that this game made $450 million. That also feels kind of weird to say, oh, well, this company makes billions a year, like Amazon or something like that, and then be like, yeah, but we only pay our drivers or our workers in the factory 15 yeah. to $17, right? Certain types of work are only going to get paid certain amounts. I do think that, um, the, I'm probably going to get a little preachy here, but I think the, the cost of living needs to go up, obviously, and it needs to be reflected yeah. in shit like this because she's a very talented voice actress who's done a lot of work in the past, has influenced a lot of other uh, voice actors and mentored them throughout her her career. The downside in a lot of this is it comes off as, uh, I don't want to demean her when I say this, but it feels like she's reaching really hard. And when I, she's coming from a place of hurt, right? Yeah. Uh, She's been this character for a while. Um, she's been known to be this voice actress. Um, and it's got to feel like a slap in the face when the when the directors and everybody else go, we love the effort that you've put in. And we're going to put your, your payout to the public in a public tweet. That feels like the biggest fucking slap, knowing that that's low as fuck. Like Mark Hamill and all these motherfuckers, you don't think that they're voicing video game characters and getting paid four fucking grand. There's no fucking way, dude. I wouldn't accept that to build a micro website, a one page website (laughs) right now. You tell me that I have to do something for more than like five fucking hours, eight hours of my time for freelance motherfucker. You're paying me like 10 grand minimum for this to be her full-time job to go in there and voice this character, do these lines at, over and over again. And I've been in a voice acting booth, which I know you wanted me to bring up. I voiced an anime character, a couple of anime characters for the persona anime. Um, they didn't get fucking used. Uh, I was really <laughs> bad, <laughs> but the process of getting in the booth, having multiple people look through these windows, they hand you, this is the way that they fucking do this shit. They hand you a book of just lines and they show you the animation this is an anime. It may be a little bit different in video games. You may get to voice it and then they line up the lip to your voice later. Um, but in these cases, they're going to see um, key art or like storyboard art. And so they get the emotion of what's happening and there's going to be like a little bit of direction, very fucking little, almost none in some cases. And they're going to have to infer what this character feels in this moment. They get to read it. Bop, 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 bop. All right, next take. Bop, 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 bop. Next take. Bop, 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 bop. And you're flying through the shit, and you're in there for like eight hours, and you're just destroying your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and your voice, uh, there's a, a larynx or voice box issue that a lot of voice actors and voice actresses have where in, inevitably, uh, just like singers, they're not allowed to use their voice very often because they've destroyed it by using it so much. You see this a lot in like newscasters and all this other shit. Um, sports radio type of people as well. Um, 4,000 feels fucking low. It feels fucking disgusting. That being said, 
I'm still going to play Bayonetta 3. Uh, I fucking love the <laughs> Bayonetta games. I am super sorry for what they've done to her. Um, maybe I'll write a, a mean tweet or something, or I'll email the company and be like, look, man, I, I'm going to support this game because I like the IP, but the way that you treated this this actress, this professional fucking person, and put her in a situation where you've essentially demeaned her publicly uh, on accident, right? Or maybe they did it on purpose. Who the fuck knows? I mean, this guy... What do you mean, out, what do you mean demeaned? By dropping her fucking low-ass full buyout of 4000 just in a tweet. Oh, they so didn't it, do it in a tweet. Oh, I thought that's what you... I thought that's what no, I... No, no, no. Okay, this, so I She disclosed. That. She disclosed yeah, this is the. <clears throat> so she disclosed... This is all coming from her. Nobody okay. knew anything about it. These numbers and what happened and her version of events, that, that's all coming from her. Mm-hmm. Nobody has corroborated any of this stuff. Oh. Um, nobody has come out and... I think uh, Kamiya, which is... And we talked about Kamiya being like, you know, this, the... The Twitter edgelord asshole who likes to block people who tweet at him in in Japanese. Um, he, I think his Twitter account right now is deactivated. Mm. Um, he has come out and said that what she's saying is untrue. And essentially, I think this is ramping up for some sort of legal response. Yeah. Because this is this is like, regardless of how you feel about this emotionally, and I don't mean you specifically, I just yeah, mean yeah. people in general. This is this is a legal issue right now. It is because she broke because an NDA. She broke an NDA, and her career anything with the company because of this. Oh, she's her career is going to be super fucked. Yeah. So anything that the company says publicly at this point can be used against them in any kind of proceedings going forward. Yeah, and then this is like an international case now too because. Oh fuck! That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This, this so is two what, different laws that she's going to have to be going against. So Japanese versus like wherever the fuck she's from. She's yeah, like who, Europe somewhere, who knows? right? I, I have no idea how NDAs work in, on that scale of yeah. things. But, you know, regardless of what you think, like they, nobody can really say anything. She's already publicly stated that she has nothing to lose. So her coming out uh, and saying these kind of things isn't going to warrant a direct response. This is going to come in the form of some, probably like some legal type of document, something that's going to get sent to her mm-hmm. from the company. They, the companies may never address this directly yep. from a PR perspective. I think they probably have to say a little something, but you know, this is, this may play out behind this. Maybe she'll get like a settlement or something like that. Um, just to make everything go away to have her shut up. But, Maybe, or she just um, might get sued out the fucking ass. She might get sued. I don't know. Nintendo probably doesn't fuck around. And so I don't know if they will appreciate having a, a game that is expected to be probably the best selling game in the franchise being released in two weeks and having somebody break an NDA and say, don't buy this or any other Bayonetta game going forward. And then, you know, doing it. and, and Platinum is relying on this game to yes, stay alive. And also the fact that you're she, having this, this thing was tweeted out. It was actually even on the, even on TMZ, TMZ reported on this shit. Yeah. And you had all of these like a million subscriber Twitter accounts like Wario 64 nibble, those kind of people, they were retweeting this. So this got massive coverage Yeah, and you got a lot of checkmark people on Twitter publicly showing uh, support for her by 
canceling their pre-orders or publicly saying that they were going to pirate the game so that Nintendo and Platinum, Sega, whoever is involved with the series, nobody gets any residuals. Yeah. That sounds like a legal fucking nightmare to unleash this a couple of weeks before the game is released. So I don't see Nintendo being just like Platinum, like maybe you should have paid her more and be like, we're going to go nuclear on her. Yeah. And then we'll figure it out afterwards kind of thing. Yeah. If they double down and they try to sue her, it's it's going to make this worse. It's going to make it definitely worse. Um, Definitely in a world where people are fucking super, super underpaid and super uh, underappreciated to the point. I want to talk about this for just a second. Do it. I found a... uh, through some weird shit on YouTube. I found a fucking short video uh, called Overemployed. And it's about people like you, developers, who oh yeah, who work in uh, Scrum, Agile environments. And so in Scrum and Agile environments, typically you can underperform, right? Because you're only given so many hours of work, you get to bid on it, all this mm-hmm. other shit. You do not necessarily anymore have a nine to five in most companies as a UI UX person a developer, all kinds of other shit. A lot of people have this scrum methodology. What that does is leaves you with a lot of free time. So people are taking multiple nine to five type of jobs and making millions of dollars a year. um, Just working at the bare minimum. So they're doing the bare minimum they have to do to keep this job. And they're doing it for like two, three, four, five jobs. Uh, They automate a bunch of shit. They do a bunch of wild shit because they realize companies in the end don't give a flying fuck about you as an employee. And on top of that, it's almost better for these companies, even the ones who know you have multiple jobs to keep you because it's better to have you than to not have you, even if you're underperforming. I don't remember where I was going with this. Uh, It's interesting you brought it up because I want to say that there was... Some, I think there was an article. Oh, it's about scarcity. That's some sort of like, it. It was a, or maybe it was like Quora, like that that stupid like uh, website where you can ask questions and have like yeah. professionals. Um, but I think somebody I read somewhere that uh, some manager uh, was wondering if it's okay to fire these uh, overemployed people mm-hmm. because they were they were breaking some sort of law or some sort of obligation to the company or blah, 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 by having two jobs and, um, whatnot. Uh, but I remember reading about that today and I was just like, Oh, that, that, that person obviously knows way too much about you. Yeah. Yeah. There, because there's uh, no, if evil. I was, ha- if I had two or three jobs, motherfuckers would never know it. Especially any of my jobs would never know that no. for sure. I, I've seen that people are coming out and telling their bosses like, yo, I'm I'm so underpaid or so undervalued or whatever, or I'm just trying to skate by. It doesn't fucking matter, whatever their excuse mm-hmm. is. That they're like, I have multiple jobs. And I personally have always worked essentially multiple jobs doing like essentially freelance or whatever, like getting my right. uh, feet wet somewhere else, like uh, keeping artistic endeavors alive. Um but when I saw this, I was like, man, this is such a great idea. I should have never done freelance. I should have just had a second job. I should have <laughs> just had a second job. I could have been making two salaries. I didn't know that was a fucking option. 
Um, I didn't know that not, either. Apparently, it's not illegal. Uh, the only way it becomes illegal is if you sign a non-compete. And that just means, oh. oh, I can't work for two oil and gas companies together. I can work for a tech company or a, I don't know, a real estate agency doing their website right. stuff. And then, and then work for an agency, so an advertising agency, and then maybe work for an oil and gas or like a HR company type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so maybe she needs to do this. Maybe she needs to get three or four voice acting gigs so, so she can pay her rent. That's, that's and so let's damn, let's awful. get let's get into this a little bit, yeah. um, because that's kind of that's kind of some of the discourse around it. It's just yeah. like she can't survive off of four thousand dollars. No, she can't. Obviously not. Um, so definitely when the game made let's kind of thirty million. Yeah, let's account. go ahead and let's go let's go ahead and go over what we what we're pretty sure we know and what we don't know. Okay. Bayonetta three is. From what we can, what we know about, it's a union project, which means anybody working on Bayonetta three, from like a voice acting perspective, are uh, bound by uh, a union. Uh, whatever contracts, whatever stipulations, this uh, voice actor, the SAG, you know, Screen, screen Actors Guild. There's an interactive media portion of it that covers these voice actors. So if it's a union project, then Platinum Games or whoever is, you know. Whoever makes the decision about where this money gets divvied up to and paid out, they have to follow what the union specifies. So they can't get around that. If they do, it's illegal and probably warrants stripping out any unionized workers from the project as is. Jennifer Hale, the person who is uh, representing or is the new voice of Bayonetta, she's also union. So this pay dispute um, can go a couple of ways. One, Jennifer Hale maybe is the more prominent voice actress. Maybe they decided to go in that direction. So they really wanted to pay her more money to get her voice talents. Yeah. And as you were implying, um, you know, maybe they gave this offer to the the voice actress, Helena Taylor, and they gave her what they consider as the union minimum. And Helena was like, fuck that. Like, I'm not about to denigrate myself by getting the bare minimum so I can voice this this character that I've voiced since yeah. the inception. Right? So it's and she implies that the offer that they gave her was legal. And so that's uh where we kind of understand that whatever they offered her, it was based off of the union uh stipulations. So uh the Screen Actors Guild pay for uh interactive media pay rates, this is all public knowledge. You can go onto the Screen Actors Guild website and pull up a PDF that specifically lays out how much you are expected to get paid, the bare minimum. You can get offered more, obviously, but the bare minimum is written down, plain as day. There's no disputing it. So the interactive pay rates, as of right now, 2022, and this apparently is over, this is a 3% year-over-year increase since, uh, I believe it was 2020. So starting with 2020, they renegotiated... 2021, they got a 3% increase, and I think that this year uh, they have a another 3% increase, and I think this this date range also ends sometime in November, so I don't know if they're going to renegotiate or they're going to get another pay raise. But right now, a day performer who performs up to three voices in a four-hour session is paid $956.75. That is the minimum. 
a day performer who does one voice for one hour is paid $478.50. If you do an additional voice based on that contract rate, you get $319. For six to 10 voices over a six hour day, $1,914.25. And based on what people have either found from either her admitting to the amount of work that she put in or some other source, I'm not too sure. So take this with a grain of salt as well, that her voice work from Bayonetta one occurred over four, four hour sessions. So 16 hours total spread across four days, four hour okay. sessions a piece. Now this is the unfortunate thing. And I think this is where, as you said, she is, she is hurting right now. That is undeniable. Yeah. She is upset. Uh, she feels insulted. She is going through a bout of depression because of her financial situation. She says she doesn't even have enough money to, you know, start her car up. That kind of thing. Fuck. And the reason why she says that is because, at least according to MDB, she hasn't had a voice acting role since 2014. So the only thing we can really gather without her saying anything else is that she has been out of work or at least out of voice acting work for nearly eight years. So expecting a big payday, it's hard to tell like how much money she was expecting to make, but it may not have changed her financial situation. But if we go on the, the, the bare, the minimum union pay that is expected of uh, voice actors, so if it if her situation has been spiraling out of control for eight years, then, you know, it's it's not something that if she took this role, there's no telling if this is something that's going to cover her yearly expenses. She probably would have needed to, you know, voice multiple characters um, throughout the year in order to have, you know, like steady income, yeah. which is if you're going to be a, if you're going to be um, a freelance person. You know, you're not expecting to cash out for the year by getting a client. Yeah. You know, you're probably going to be doing three or four jobs, four or five, depending on how hard you want to work. You know, maybe you want to do eight months where you're just a workaholic for that entire eight month period and take like four months off. Yeah. But you need to be able to get the get the money, get the clients in order to get that pay so that you can have that that time off. I, and I, this this kind of makes me wonder since like Chris Pratt and jack black are just doing voice acting are they just getting paid 478 dollars an hour hell no hell no they and they know better than that if if miyamoto was just like yo chris like we really want you in the movie we'll give you ten thousand dollars to voice mario he would have laughed in their face yeah well i guess this is different this is interactive media so this is just video games and shit like that uh, but movies. at the same time, did you know who Helena Taylor was before any of this? No. Do you, how many, how many movies with Chris Pratt have you seen? Uh, a lot, a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, he has, he has that power. Honestly, I didn't know who Jennifer Hale was. I have no clue who any of these people who voice. And that's one of the, that's kind Jennifer of one of the Hale, by the way, has yeah. been doing this shit since the eighties, dude. She, she's a grinder, right? Yeah. She's grinding the fuck out she, of her voice acting work. She is the voice of Ash from Overwatch 2. She was oh, in Star right. Wars Detours, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake, 
uh, X-Men 97 pre-production stuff, uh, fucking Star Wars Old Republic, Kid Cosmic. I mean, like, this is all relatively new shit. Um, She's just been in tons and tons of stuff. She was in Iron Man VR as Pepper Potts. Um, God damn. Yeah, she's fucking everywhere. So, like, everybody knows her from, like, you know, the Commander Shepard shit. She was in Mortal Kombat 11. Fucking Ralph breaks the internet. She was Cinderella there. What? Um, You're right. She is everywhere. Yeah. Uh, dude, she's, she's fucking... I could literally scroll down this and just, like, name random shit. Finding Dory, Just Keeping, Just Keep Swimming, was a uh, video game. She was Dory. Okay. Jesus. Uh, she was uh, Captain Angelica in World of Warcraft Legion. Um, and a bunch of other characters that were voiced inside of that game. Um, World of Final Fantasy. She had a shitload of characters in there. I mean, just like Batman Arkham Knight. She was in that. What the fuck? She was in everything. Um, she sure as fuck isn't getting $478 no a the day fuck she's for, for, for an hour. Yeah. She's probably getting paid Buku's money because yeah. of just how in demand her voice acting skills are. Yeah. And it sucks and because it sucks. It does suck. When you're already the fucking voice of this character for well over a decade, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then they just go, hey, man, you know what? We just don't want this chick here. Let's pay her the bare minimum. So it's kind of like, let's get a big star in here. You know, kind of like you alluded to earlier. Um, man, it feels rough. Uh, it feels rough. Yeah. No, it's true. Now, to to get on the plain devil's advocate is is a little dangerous for this because there's a lot of there are a lot of feelings floating around, right? And we don't know what's true and what isn't because there isn't uh, any information, and I doubt we're going to get anything from Platinum or Nintendo because again, this is a legal issue, so they're not going to break any sort of uh, contractual obligations to to any of this unless she comes out and puts this out in the public and I guess from a PR perspective, they're going to have to respond to it, but yeah. I'm feeling they're going to be pretty tight lipped. So for the $4,000, we don't exactly know what that $4,000 were for. And so the thing is, is like, this is uh if we're taking, if we're, if we're making the assumption that Bayonetta three is going to require her to be in the booth four hours a day for four sessions. And I think the four, I think it, I think it's around, uh, I think it's around the the correct price. If we if we go through the the, was it the what two it, four voices? Hours? Yeah, sixteen hours. So like sixteen hours. So it's the up to three voices, four hours a day, the nine hundred and fifty six dollar like day rate. Well, sixteen you know, that, times that about lines up. Four seventy eight is seven and a half k. Well, I was uh, so, but I don't know the differences. The 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 Screen Actors Guild pay rates is the mm-hmm. the day performer one for the up to three voices four hours a day. It seems like that's a flat rate of a thousand dollars or get you know around a thousand dollars. I think, but if you don't need there to be, if you don't need this person to be in the the booth mm-hmm. for multiple days, and you just need them for like a quick line, you know, or like they have to they they get only an hour. They only need an hour. So instead of having to pay the thousand dollars for the for the three voices for four hours. Yeah. We just need you to do one voice. We need you in the booth for an hour. Here's 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do another voice, we'll just, we'll add another three, three nineteen on there. Yeah. Okay. So okay, this okay. is the, we're implying that she's going to be 
in the booth multiple days for multiple four-hour sessions for Bayonetta 3, which comes out to about the $4,000. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's like damn near. So that's the correlation that people are making, but we don't know how true that is. And here's the thing. A couple of days ago, they released a new Bayonetta 3 trailer. I don't know if you've seen it. I probably should have got it for this. Uh, well, I've been trying to avoid it, honestly, just so that so, like, I don't spoil myself too much. And there is, if you watch the scene, mm-hmm. there is some sort of implication that Bayonetta is, well, what we do know is that there is supposed to be like some sort of multiverse mm-hmm. going on with Bayonetta 3, with multiple Bayos just kind of hanging around doing their thing. Uh, Violet, uh, that new character, plays a part in it somehow. But if you look at the current trailer, they're setting up some sort of, like, death for Bayonetta. Oh. Some sort of ca- catastrophic type thing. So, at this point, it's really hard to tell if Bayonetta is even, like, they might be trying to, like, uh, Kojima our asses with, like, Metal Gear Solid 2, where you think That's you're going to be playing life. Snake for the entire time, right? <laughs> But instead of playing as Bayonetta, you're going to be playing as Violet the entire time. And they're just setting it up to be like some sort of like major, major Bayonetta, you know, centric game where maybe that's not going to be the case. So if you don't need her, if you only need her for a day or a couple of hours, uh, I don't know. And the, the other thing that was kind of fucked up about this, and we don't know... We don't know if this person is is actually uh, an insider, but and they might be just trying to stir some shit. So I don't really want to give it too much credence, but uh, a French leaker is claiming that they only needed her for 15 lines. Bayonetta 3, the original voice actress, was only needed for 15 lines in the Bayonetta 3 game, implying that maybe there is a um, focus on something else other than Bayonetta in this third game. But we don't know, because essentially I guess that's that's going to ruin the, uh, the, the Metal Gear Solid 2 twist for this new upcoming game. We don't know. Mm. And I think the, the kind of reaction to that is like, well, I guess they have other voice actors playing the alternate reality Bayonetta characters that are going to be kind of like similar, uh, similar sounding, but voiced by different people. That's how they're trying to explain all of this, but we don't know if it's true or not because the game isn't coming out for two weeks. And if it is as big of a twist as Metal Gear Solid two, then they obviously don't want to spoil that, but they may have to if if this is going to be the case where the $4,000 was essentially a premium for her time because it's like, it's cool, but this new game, Bayo is Bayo as a character is kind of done. Yeah. And we just need you to, you know, you're going to be there in the introduction and maybe you'll, we're here. We're going to hear your voice throughout the game, you know, cheering on or watching over this new character that they'll be playing as, but Bayo as a character is done going forward. You know what I mean? That would be bananas. Yeah. And I think she kind of, she kind of like hints at it a little bit talking about spinoff games. Uh, Cause in one of the videos, she does say that if they do think about coming up with spinoff games with this new person, 
you don't buy you don't buy those. So Dude, maybe I, it is the death of the Bayonetta character uh, that we're gonna discover uh, as we play through Bayonetta three, in that there's gonna be um, a different character for the series moving forward. But we don't even know if it's gonna be uh, another sequel or anything in the series because this is the IP is owned by Sega. Yeah, uh, and I think. Nintendo owns the rights to, I guess, produce these games, and they are tapping Platinum Games to to actually develop it. So there's three parties involved, and the possibility of all three coming together to produce another game, maybe after all of this that's come out, you may not even bother with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Could you imagine if Sean Bain, Bain, Sean Bain, is that his name? The guy who does but it. You're every a little low, movie? bro. Huh? You're a little low. Oh, am I? Yeah. Oh, kind of, uh, kind of like tinny as well. Oh, I think. Okay, I know what just happened here. So, and my headphones broke. For those who didn't see, <laughs> I saw it. I thought you were just like you gave up. You're just like fuck this. Pot. Fuck this. I'm, I'm fucking out. No, no, no. It's um. How do I change this over here? And uh, output device is broadcaster. There you go. Um. So it didn't change inside of di- inside of the recording option. You can hear me fine now on Discord, right? Uh, you're, you're still, still a little, little low and tinny, tinny on my end. I, okay, I fucked this up. I fucked this up. I'm a, I might have to edit this shit out. Hey, as long as as long as you as long as you're sounding good on the output, output that's, that's fine. fine. Um, I, think I think we're, we're kind, kind of done, done though. Yeah. This, this is this, this is, is kind of a shitty shitty segue to the end of the pod, but um, <laughs> just. Just wanted to come out and talk about it, uh, about Helena Taylor. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not going to. Oh, there you are. Yeah. So, so I'll edit all that stuff out. Sure. Okay. Or it'll be fun. They'll okay. love it. Okay. The, I don't care. I shouldn't say that. Okay. I, I definitely sympathize with her. I am going to play Bayonetta 3. I'm not going to boycott it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I feel about breaking the NDA. Honestly, um, I don't, I'm not too sure if I, if I really enjoy the finger pointing at platinum games per se or Nintendo over this. Like I get that she was given a low ball offer, but them's the breaks whenever you're with contract work, you know? And just because like, but I've worked with you before. Like, don't you want to, don't you want to, you appreciate my work, right? Just like, yeah, but we don't want to pay a whole bunch of money. Like you going to take it? You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I think if if there's any real issues, I think this points out that, and the a lot of the a lot of the talk around this is how low voice actors are paid, and if they're paid, if they're ha- if they have low pay and they're part of the Screen Actors Guild, then this sounds like this is a problem with the union. Yeah. And most of the times when these kind of disputes come up with union based pay, it ends up leading to a strike. The issue that Helena, I think, is experiencing is that with everything going on in her life, she basically went scorched earth, which I think limits her ability to gather a whole bunch of like meaningful backing from people who necessarily might nece- might are probably part of the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, Jennifer Hale, it, the only thing she's, she's been doing is like liking and retweeting shit. She hasn't spoken anything. Probably because she knows if she says anything, she could potentially break an NDA. And you've seen her work. 
That yeah. bitch is grinding. She is yeah. not about to risk any of the work that she is doing as a union member to come out in solidarity with her because of how this came out. Now, if this had been like maybe she had taken this to like a, a Jason Schreier, a, a news outlet or something that focuses on video game news, leaked out like, oh man, this is why Bayonetta didn't get paid and stuff like that. It's like, oh man, like these people are, are lowballing and they do this for voice actors and stuff like that. To get people to kind of kind of like, yeah, yeah, this is this is kind of fucked up. We need to get together as a union, as members of this union, and we need to demand for better pay, more stipulations. Some people have thrown around like residuals for yeah, some of these. They don't get residuals, dude, which is yeah. wild to me. So this is something that can be negotiated, but the problem is, is that you have to you have to experience some pain, right? If you're gonna go on strike, that means games are gonna get delayed. Or it could be like they could also go scorched earth if they decide that, you know, this project is no longer going to be a uh, a union project. That means they have to get rid of all of their voice actors and they have to get other people to come in and voice, yep. which means that you have almost like a hierarchy of voice actors. You have people who are non-union and people who are union union people. If they go on strike and they see other people grabbing at the scraps. They're probably not going to get paid anywhere near the union people, but they need work. Mm -hmm. And so they're just like, you can voice uh, an iconic character and we're not going to pay you as much as the union people, but you're going to get a uh, voice credit yeah. as this character. They're going to be like, fuck yeah, I need to eat. I need to put gas in my car. Appreciate the fact that you union guys are trying to go for better pay, but I need to eat. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah. And then we have these people fighting each other. They're calling, they're going to be calling them scabs. Yeah. Like we're trying to, better our industry and here you motherfuckers are trying to survive and shit like what the fuck yeah and it sucks man and and, and i think one of my biggest issues with what what she did with the scorched earth thing is there are regular people just who worked on bayonetta 3 who yeah. were just trying to have a fucking job just like she is man and she's like yo boycott this game fuck their whole lives up fuck all these developers up fuck this whole company up fuck platinum games fuck nintendo like that's that's a rough statement to have because you didn't get offered the job that you needed and the pay that you deserve. And that that's a different conversation. I think that she should have had that in a different way. I get why yeah. she had it because I'm not going to comment on like her her mental state or anything like that, but like just the the state of the world is fucking hard right now. Uh mm -hmm. in in a lot of industries and like in, in their industry, uh, the fact that they get so fucking underpaid. I thought voice actors made bank, dude. I thought for years, like, people that are doing, like, uh, voiceover stuff or, like, anime and stuff were just balling out of control. They don't, man. Uh, yeah. They're, they're doing all kinds of other shit trying to survive. Uh, they got regular motherfucking jobs, and they do voice acting as a fucking side gig. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I know people just like that. Because yeah. they love doing voice voiceover work. Yeah. And it's it sucks. The the union is a step in the right direction. I also didn't appreciate her kind of almost like fucking over the new voice actress. Like she she's grinder, man. Like yeah. uh there's no telling how much she knew or if she knew anything at all. They yeah. offered her the voice, the 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 uh the role. Yeah. 
And she was like, well, if I'm going to do it, like you're going to pay me out the ass because this is Bayonetta, bitch. And they're just like, yeah, we got you. And she was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and whatever so, they decided to pay her, you know, we we don't know, right? We're just speculating. We don't know. She, she made a lot. She right. may have just got, she, she may have just took the actual regular rate because she's just out there fucking hustling. Right? Could be. There's no there's no telling, and it's I I don't know, man. It's again, this is like this is a super sensitive t- uh, subject. It is, and I I don't want to I don't want to don't want to talk like I don't have any sympathy, but you know. If, if I was, if I was out of work for eight years and I got an offer for like, you know, $15 an hour, I'd probably be upset too. Especially like if I was, if I was, if I was still like a software engineer and I couldn't find any software engineering jobs and I had to work at fucking McDonald's or something like that. And there's like, there's nothing wrong with that, but, but it's a different career path is what you're saying. It's a different career path. And so having to start again from the bottom, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of feels insulting just like bitch do you know how much i made in my previous job and you're gonna pay me 15 dollars an hour to do what yeah you know what i mean but you know i mean like what can you really do about it if you've been out of work if you've just been out of touch with the entire industry and then you're trying to like make your in make inroads back in you're gonna have to start somewhere yeah sign it sometimes it sucks yeah but at the same time like i also don't agree that you know they should be paying you you're an, an entirely like they, I think she might've used like livable wage, but if I'm going to do 16 hours of voice work, I don't expect to get paid a year's worth of salary. Yeah. You know, especially if I haven't been doing work for a long, long time, I don't expect to be able to live off of that money for an entire year because I only want to do, you know, one voice acting job a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that almost feels like it's unrealistic and I'm, I'm trying not to like sound like way too capitalistic, like, oh, but they got plenty of money. They can pay a yearly's worth a yearly salary anytime you do any kind of this work, but that's just not how anything works. It is not. That's not when, how any of this works. So I haven't written uh, a real line of code in a long time, probably six fucking years, right? Like I haven't right. had to like write an application. If I wanted to get back into like front end or back end development right now, I would have to take an entry level job and show a company that I mean something and that I need that experience and that I want that fucking gig. Right? I might have to take, even though I've been doing this shit on and off for damn near two decades, uh, I would have to take a fucking low paying job just to prove that I still have worth in that industry. Yeah. And if she hasn't if tra- had any credit for eight fucking years, that's exactly what she's doing. Yeah. If yeah. you want, if you went to a senior level position, because I've dabbled with it over a couple of decades, they would eviscerate you. Yeah, they would eviscerate you during the, during all of the the like, maybe not the phone interview, but when you go in for the in person interview where they're gonna have you like whiteboarding code, yeah, and you know testing your shit, algorithms and shit like that, you're gonna fail so hard because so like, fast. Oh, like I've I've done I've done this off and on for two decades, and they're just like you just fucking wasted our time, you know. Yeah, and they're going to treat you like that. Yeah, it's going to be exactly. weird. Yeah, no, it's I've been be in super those fucking situations. Weird. I applied for a fucking developer gig not too. When I say not too long ago, it's probably like six years ago, and uh, I got destroyed in the fucking interview because I was like, "Yeah, yeah. man, I've been doing this on and off, blah, blah blah blah." Like, here's all the companies I worked for as a developer, and they were like, "Oh, you don't really have a development degree. Degree, you learned all this shit through random 
YouTube videos or something. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a it, lot of sympathy for her, but like, it's, it's hard to like, agreed. It's, it's uh, hard I, to look I, at it. Like you yeah, said, from this a is, capitalist point of view and also from a personal point of view, like she's a person and needs to get paid. Exactly. And yeah. she, when you, when you look at the videos themselves, she's obviously hurting. So this yeah. is, this is a lot of raw emotion coming out yeah. and it's maybe it wasn't the best way to say it, but at the same time, like it's too late, you know, you've already put this kind of energy out in the ether into the, into the internet. So, you know, right now, no matter like if, if this has gone like the entire you know, like different direction where people were just like, uh, fuck you. Like Bayonet is awesome. Like I love platinum games. You need to shut the fuck up. They would have eviscerated her. Yeah. They would have eviscerated her. Just like bitch is quoting some parable. Like what the fuck does Jesus have to do with any of this? Yeah. You're talking about fat cats and, and you're making, you're pulling numbers about what you like, what this uh, series is about. And like, why are you talking about Jennifer Hale? You know, like they would have vi- eviscerated her for it. But yeah. The you know the general sentiment is, people need to get paid. You know, they're, they're, everybody should have a living wage so they can they can live, potentially in a house. Renters and landlords like that's a whole different fucking topic yeah. right there. And I don't feel like she's probably the person. I think it's a good starting point, but I don't think she should be the kind of like the poster, the poster child of what may be a movement into getting the unions to actually play hardball with these companies. Well, I mean like every movement has a martyr, right? Yeah. And God, you don't, you don't want it to be her. You don't want it to be someone. You don't want it to be anybody. Really? You really don't. I mean like, but somebody usually it's usually somebody has to like fall on the grenade, right? To, to to prove a point to get something moving. And uh, unfortunately it's, it's probably going to be her. Yeah. Um, this is probably going to be the last time she she does any kind of union gig yeah. for any kind of voice work. But so. you may see her in like five or six years doing TED Talks. You may see her leading yeah. industry change, right? She may be the person who goes, hey, I fucking died here that day. But I'm reborn just like Jesus Christ in the parable. <laughs> and, and coming back and like and bringing good change. I, I hope that's what happens here. I hope that Me too. when when she takes this this effort that she's put out this energy and and turns it into something really good and i hope nintendo and platinum games and everybody else uh they i hope they don't fucking roast her in public like like you expect them to do and i also hope that they don't bend over backwards and give her a lot of money for uh you know crying out loud right you don't want to you don't want to punish her for crying and you also don't want to reward her for crying. And I'm not saying crying in the sense that like, like physically crying, right. Like and being emotional. Right. I mean, like what she's doing online is just like, I'm comparing it to a, an irreverent fucking child screaming and kicking in a fucking store inside ooh, my head, ooh. which is not a good place to be. But I'm just, th- this is the way that I, I look at the situation and not necessarily about how she's acting or anything like that, but God damn, this is such a sensitive fucking topic. I'm like walking. It is a sensitive topic. And all right, then I won't. Honestly, like this is, <laughs> I, I think this is. Um, I think we both as are much on as her it, side more than anything else. We we are, but yeah. at the same time, like I, I can also be, I can also be a realist about the situation. Yeah. You know, this 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 is an obviously a cry for help. Yeah. 
she 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 put this on Twitter and I'm pretty sure she expected the the amount because if you look at the tweets, she has a whole bunch of hashtags to reference, you know, the Bayonetta and all the stuff that she, you know, that's going on. So this was going to be picked up yeah. by somebody, a lot of prominent people. So I think she realized that she could weaponize Twitter as a yeah. whole or just people who follow that kind of stuff to hopefully like bring, uh, I guess not people within her wheelhouse, but everybody else, the public mm-hmm. to kind of rise up and do something, which ah, it's that kind of, I mean, if she would have, I almost want to, I don't want to put it this way, but man, like could have stormed the Capitol with this kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, and like it's, that's it's, the kind of, she, she, she built a witch hunt in a game that's about witch hunts, right? Like, right. <laughs> so. And, and it's kind of like, and this is crazy. Like it's, it's, she's seen as like a hero because, you know, this is video game related and you know, that garners a lot of, a lot of love and respect. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't want to say that she's making any of this stuff up, but you know, I really a lot of the stuff. I really hope not either. And it's good that you can make that kind of um, distinction between what what she's going through and what may or may not, you know, be necessarily the in, the whole truth, you know, the entire truth. Yeah. Because some people will just pick this up and run with it, and will just immediately be just like, you know what, fuck Platinum Games, fuck. Fuck Hideki Kamiya, fuck Nintendo, all these people, they're terrible, they're terrible and stuff like this. And if it does come out that, you know, maybe her version of things wasn't exactly 100%, yeah. ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to be like, oh yeah, uh, maybe we shouldn't have just immediately went out and just bashed Hideki Kamiya on Twitter, or we shouldn't have sent all of those mean, potentially death threats to all of these random people because yep. we felt we felt she was being like severely taken advantage of and things like that. It's a real thin fucking line. And putting it putting this out there without anybody's ability to process this and have any sort of like back and forth about what's going on, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like this is going to be entirely one-sided and I don't think anybody's going to be happy about yeah. whatever the final outcome is going to be. And it's too it's too late. And this could have not even been from like uh, any any of the directors of the game. It could have been like it could have been a random fucking person who's in charge of like budget, and they just looked at the flat budget number and they were like, "Here's what we can offer you." And it's you know somebody with like a year or two fucking experience. They're just getting their foot in the door, and they didn't want to ruffle any feathers, and they don't know like how people should get paid, and they just drop that number, and she just flipped the fuck out, right? Could be. It, It could have been something as uh, in, interpersonal and, 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 and mistake like that. And it just blew the fuck up. Right. Um, it, it could have been well, any so, number of things. Right. And, and the, the crazy, the thing about that though, is that in part three of her video, she says that she talked to Kamiya directly and that's where the, the $4,000 came from again. Yeah. This is, true. this is not, if we take everything at face value, it sounds super fucked up. Yeah. But I'm not I'm about I'm not going to go to war over over these allegations. Yeah, over, he said she over said a shit. very emotional message. And yeah. again, I hope she's okay. I hope there are people in her life 
who are checking on her to make sure that she's going to that she's going to be okay yeah. because this is going to get seen through somehow um i mean if anything like the fans should just put together like if they really gave a shit if, if the fans really gave a shit they should put together like some type of GoFundMe for her. pay her fucking that. rent be like you know whatever dude you know hey they fucked you over we loved your 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 acting we loved this we loved that Rise up, support the fucking person that you say you're going to support. You know, give to charity too, like she wants. Support mm-hmm. her uh, if you if you give a shit, uh, and if you're gonna, you know, boycott the game, do all this other stuff. Put your money where your fucking mouth is. Uh, and yeah. I don't, you know, definitely when it's somebody who's who's struggling so hard to put together shit, and uh, and you care about them, and if you're gonna, I don't know, support someone wholeheartedly, then fucking support them. So before we before we end this, yeah, I, I do wanna I do wanna mention one thing because okay, I, I've gone hard on voice actors. Yeah, I've said a lot of shit about like I don't give a fuck. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about who voices anything. I don't give a fuck about I don't fuck that give a fuck that Chris Pratt probably got millions of dollars mm-hmm. to play a character that could have been played by Charles Martinet, yeah. the real you know voice actor of of Mario and shit like that. To put it bluntly, I still don't care. Um, but this is not a story about, uh, or at least this is not, uh, a reaction to, uh, a voice actress in a role that I probably wouldn't have even noticed if I had played Bayonetta 3. Uh, I think I mentioned previously that, uh, the role of Claptrap was changed in Borderlands 3. Yep. Unceremoniously changed, right? I didn't really notice. I didn't either. I wouldn't have noticed unless... Uh, if I hadn't read that article, if it hadn't kind of gotten a little bit of traction online, I probably would have never noticed. And it, this is the same thing for that, which tells you one thing. I don't really pay attention to voice actors. I don't, I guess, um, honestly, I play in Japanese. If there's a Japanese uh, audio option, I usually choose that. The Xenoblade Chronicle series, apparently they have some really good like UK English voice acting in there. I have not heard a single fucking line other than Holy in the trailers. I've not shit. heard. I have not heard any of it. And so if this came out that, you know, like these these voice actors for Xenoblade was were rising up, I wouldn't know who any of these people are. I wouldn't recognize any of their voices. I would have no attachment. And but maybe if I did, the I mean the characters don't uh travel across. Um Across don't travel the across the, the, the franchise, but maybe they maybe reuse the they reuse the voice actors to play different characters or whatever. Yeah, I'm not really attached to any of that stuff, and and it's unfortunate if if maybe there was a more visual aspect, which is interesting on the Japanese side because a lot of like the prominent like especially the Yakuza series or the yeah. Like a Dragon series now, they actually based the character models off of the voice actors. I'm not too sure if the voice actors are also actors in their own right in Japan or if they are just like some sort of like superstar voice actor who people also expect to have the character model in those in their games represent that person. It seems like in a completely different aspect on that side. I could see that. And you see that whenever Japanese people get caught like sniffing coke, they rip out the voice actor, they rip out the 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 model in the game and they replace it with entirely somebody else. Mm. We don't get any of that shit here. And I don't think um I don't and I wouldn't have noticed and even if you told me this is not the real Bayonetta, I don't care. The game was still kind of awesome. Like, yeah, kind of sucks. 
And that's where I kind of approach this from. And Even though I don't necessarily, I guess, respect the craft, I respect the fact that somebody... <laughs> somebody somebody, somebody was somebody Somebody feels really hurt yeah. about this. And I can sympathize with that. I can sympathize with the, with the fact that she's going through some things and so she she lashed out whether or not it's a good or bad thing that's that's what we'll we'll find out or maybe we won't but i can at least say that yeah it sucks you know i wish they would have offered her more i wish we wouldn't have had her gone into the situation where she would have felt you know fairly compensated yeah but that's not what happened and regardless of anything that she said who she might have thrown some shade at or or what kind of weird Jesus shit came out of the situation. I hope she gets back on her feet. I hope she she gets the help that she needs to, you know, fix her depression, to, you know, be happy and maybe even continue this work. Maybe not as a union going forward, but maybe some uh, indie game developers or any kind of media that needs voice actors that don't necessarily need to hire union work. We'll we'll see her hire her so that way she can, you know, continue doing something that she most likely loved, that she spent time and years uh, practicing and yeah. honing. Yeah. And I hope that's where, where it gets, where she leads. I hope she becomes like some sort of like poster. I keep using poster child. I don't know where the fuck that came from. I hope she's like lifted up as being like one of the more premier indie game voice actresses on that side of the fence. Yeah. Give her a fucking chance. Give her a fucking yeah. chance. And you know what? I'm all for it. I, I think, I think uh, companies who give, give her a chance later on it's going to be better publicity for their game if they didn't you know yeah i would um, buy i would buy the first game that she voices on the indie side yeah and outright. just 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 to try it out yeah um i do want to say and, i have a lot of respect for annapurna maybe maybe annapurna should hire i don't know if they do union projects or something like that but sure. hire the damn woman please yeah. i would i'll buy your games anyways i might buy two, two copies goddamn so i was when you're talking about like not recognizing voice actors and actresses and stuff like that, um, voice, voice personalities, I don't know what we call them nowadays. Uh, when near replicant remake came out, I was super deep into, uh, demon slayer and I watch everything and I watch everything dubbed. So mm-hmm. English over top of Japanese type of content. I freaked the fuck out when I found out that Tanjiro, the main character of Demon Slayer and the U.S. voice actor was the player character in Near Replicant when he's younger, before he becomes an adult. Really? Yeah. Okay. Freaked the fuck out. I was like, hell yes. I also didn't know that that kid was like in literally everything that I fucking enjoy. Um, (laughs) uh, He's everywhere. Um, But like that, I mean, that goes to show you that like most people that are in uh, voice acting if they prove themselves once or twice, they're typically just in everything. And uh, unfortunately this, uh, you know, yeah. Helena if, I, just if I wasn't just not get used as much as she probably should have. Yeah. And she, she had, uh, I think up until 2014, I think was in the last, the last year she worked or something like that. She seemed like she had some relatively uh, constant work coming out. Yeah. You know, she was in she was in various games. So something happened in 2014, you know, mm-hmm. whether whether like she she kind of because, um, you know, some people just break after a while. You know, you've done something for so long for an extended period of time. And sometimes you just got to stop. And it could have been that 
you know, she went, she needed some time off to, to mentally kind of repair herself after doing all this work. And she just never got her foothold back in, you know? Yeah. And it sucks and, too. Uh, Cause like she kind of yeah. got fucked over with, uh, uh, Valkyrie profile. Cause she was also, she also did a voice in I there that. too. That's fucking that. uh, rough. I forget. I forget if that was like the, was that the 3DS or the PS2? I don't think it was the PS2, but yeah, she did one of the Valkyrie profile. I remember reading that. Yeah, the coming and, uh, and you're right. Like, if I wasn't too busy putting holes in my body pillow, I would probably recognize some of these English uh, voices too. But unfortunately, that body pillow needs to get holes put into it. Yeah. So I'm 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 a weeb all the way, man. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's a good time for us to depart. I think we've yeah. I think we've said all we can really say yeah. uh, on this subject. So for anybody who's still listening, we appreciate you guys sticking through us. This actually ended up being way longer than I thought because yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I, I knew this was going to be a big topic towards the end. Mm-hmm. And that's why I put it here because I didn't want it to kind of derail the rest of the episode. So appreciate anybody who kind of stuck around to kind of hear our, obviously, you know, we don't, we're not shit. So uh, our opinions don't really matter, but um I really, I really want to hear if there's anybody else um, who has, who's listening. Leave a comment or something like that. Just tell us your opinion about it. Yeah. It's very interesting to see where people take this information, and you know, it's it's human nature to want to like fill in some gaps if we don't get everything we need to kind of make a full decision, and yeah. we kind of have to, we kind of have to react with, you know, our hearts in some yeah. instances. Or, or if any of so, our viewers or listeners have uh, heard any additional news since we publish, feel free to post that in the comments too, because that could help yeah. shape the narrative as we move forward uh, yeah. in this story. I think, right? I, I think this is, this is definitely right for some good, healthy discussion. Yeah, I think so definitely. too. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Shit. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, and thanks for listening again. Be for, uh, feel free to uh, find us on Apple podcast. Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Spotify and a couple other places. Uh, we've been getting mm-hmm. some pretty good downloads there. Uh, so thanks for your engagement there. Um, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. With that being said, I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And we've been Pixels and Pines podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Yeah. <laughs>